Blog Talk Radio. That's obviously our Sunday show. We will also be on a lot as far as the high school football. That's going to be kicking off in about eight months. And then back to basketball. And Lord knows what else that we're going to do. I mean, we, we just do some kind of crazy stuff here on the Couch with Tay, the sports show. And uh, we're going to continue doing that here into our 10th, going up to our 10th year. It's been a ride, guys. And matter of fact, it was I actually tripped into the fact that I realized, gosh, we've just been on air for nine years. I don't live and breathe by um, whether or not uh, we are on, you know, doing the show. Or I don't live and breathe, you know, dates. I'm just not good at it. And I'll be the first to admit. But here we are. Nine years later. And I tripped over because I was going through the – a thing on Facebook, and I come across one where I realized it about five years ago, and then I was like, "Holy crap, that's in a couple of days!" And here we are. So that having been said, it is our ninth, uh, ninth year, moving into it. Lots of things I want to talk about on today's show, and uh, mainly because we weren't on last week, we were going to try to do Monday, um, and uh, Cuervo was driving. And just to be honest, I really just kind of forgot. <laughs> I, I forgot that we, because we normally, uh, and I was doing a lot of work on Monday, but the one thing that we can always depend on is right here on Sunday, doing our Sunday morning show. But I, there's a lot of things that I'm really looking at. And I've got, I've got to give some guys uh, credit. And I want to start in New England. And the main thing that I want to talk about in reality is what we have saw regarding guys moving around as coaches. Coaches moving around where they're going. Now, all, they're going here, but oh, no, contraire, mon frere, that's not what happened. That didn't happen uh, as far as one that was supposed to go to the Colts. Instead, decided to hang out. Josh McDaniels decided to hang out right there in New England. 
not, you know, they're never going to give us the truth about this whole thing. No one's going to say anything, but you want to know what I find very interesting about it? Is no one, I don't even hear people saying that this guy was jockeying for a position or I, how about even getting paid more? Hell, we don't even know what that is. I haven't, I, and no, I haven't had time to go look on that one website that says who makes who they make. I don't really care about that. But the fact that it's not out there talking about that this is what Josh McDaniel wanted is where it's at. So the Colts and their head coach situation is you you can talk about it. It went into limbo for a while, but the Colts, they scare me on how dumb they can be. Okay, I'm just going to put it out there. Frank Wright, as the head coach of your football team, I'll tell you right now, if I'm Andrew Luck, I'm, I'm faking an injury to get the hell out of that town. I, I'm not a big Frank Wright side, and yeah, I get where he was at. I understand what he did in Philadelphia. I get it, and I completely understand it. But Frank, really? Are you telling me there's no better names out there right now than Frank Wright? Are we serious? Help me out here. Cuervo's fashionably late again. He says 10.30. We switch it to 1.30, and we don't even have him here yet. The high and tight must have took him a lot longer than it needed to. But Frank Reich, I mean, seriously. No. And when you talk about when you talk about guys, and I know what, by the way, I'm going to give this guy, the guy is a great quarterback's coach. What else has he done? Seriously. Now, granted, we could have talked about this, and he got the right guy, but, you know, what about the rest of the football team? I'm sorry, Frank Wright is not qualified for a head coaching job right now. So, Josh McDaniels now did what he did, goes back there. We all know he's went back there because he's going to go back in and, and get set for all this stuff. But if you think about it, you got guys that could have been out there. Chuck Pagano, gone. So that whole thing, there's – Guys that have been fired could have been a, a good setup for him to be coming over there, but I, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan on this move. Who do you think should have been the guy? I don't know. There are many other coaches out there that you know that are available. Well, you say, well, Sonny, who, who's available? Well, we can talk about guys that are available, but, it, you know, not that I want to see him out there, you know, all these, you know, guys that are out there, but there's some guys that got fired that probably shouldn't have. So help me out here. And, and why is there still a football team still sitting there with Marvin Lewis as their head coach? I'm still going by it. There's some names out there. Jim Harbaugh, 
head coach of Michigan, is available. You say whatever you want. They're the guys that are in charge, and obviously it has nothing to do with the people who make the decision over in Michigan, but it's really all about, you know, the supporters. They're not very happy with what's going on as far as Jim Harbaugh is concerned. He's available. I think you could grab that up. And there's some other names that you can think about as far as head coaching jobs are concerned. And whether or not they're going to do any good with that, with Colts, I, I don't know. This was a, this was a quarterback coach hire. And whenever I see something like that, it just makes, it, it just leaves my head shaking. I'm scratching my bald head. So that that's within the news. Within I'm I'm completely shocked and completely unimpressed with the hire from the Indianapolis Colts. That happened a week ago. We could have talked about it. Of course, we were not there. But some other things that have been going on. Um, cornerback, former Raider David Anderson or Amerson signs with the Chiefs. Good move, bad move, I don't know. Kirk Cousins, where is he going to be as far as free agency is concerned? Where is he as far as free agency is concerned? Is he the hottest commodity out there? I think he might be. And then how does that affect where uh, McCarran's could be gone? How, I mean, it, it, folks, I want to tell you right now, the fact that we are not hearing about the backup in Cincinnati getting the first starts or first picks from someplace right away, it's crazy to me. We'll talk about that with Cuervo. So, now, Hernley was reinstated as the Panthers' interim GM. The NFL investigation found no wrongdoing the charges of harassment by his ex-wife. Okay. I, 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 <laughs> I don't know. It is just what it is. I, I, I don't know. It, it, I always thought you just kind of stayed away from problems if you're the NFL. And the rehire of that guy is going to be a problem still. So watch out for that. Veteran free agent Von Day Davis visited the Buffalo Bills on Thursday. The Bills are in the first the first team Davis wants to, that he's went to. Will there be other places going on? Larry Fitzgerald comes out and says, "Yeah, I'll play another year." Why? I don't know. I want to know who's going to be the quarterback. Menzel. Now, this this is a great story. Johnny Menzel announced on his Twitter page, and believe me, I'm not a visitor of it. If it didn't pop up in a, in a feed, I wouldn't have known about it because Lord knows. First of all, I don't follow Twitter. 
Ah, here, let me turn that. But the um, announced that he's going to be joining the Spring League as a developmental uh, league that plays two games in April. The Spring League promotes itself as a quote-unquote elite developmental league and scouts at the events are professional football talent uh, based here in Texas. All four teams in the Spring League are based in Austin. So they practice and they do all that stuff, and it looks like Johnny Manziel is going to be going to this quote-unquote state Spring League. But here, here's one of the things. Uh, he doesn't want to go to camp. The reason why he doesn't want to go to Canada, that's a two-year commitment right off the top. But right now, the Hamilton Tiger Cats own his rights. Now, the spring ring laps up. They wrap up in April, which uh, would give Manziel a month before the CFL training camp to be ready to go. But that is not the reason why this guy wants to be in the NFL. But he reports to the Spring League on the uh, March 28th, and the season ends on April 15th, basically two weeks. And uh, it'll be interesting. More than 20 teams are expected to attend practices and games and scouts for other players and things of that sort. I, me personally, that's going to, yeah, me, if I never see Johnny Manziel back out on the football field again, it's all going to be too soon. I don't care. And the main reason why is that that most players, they fall into a couple of categories. Johnny Manziel would be underneath the punk category because he's a punk. His attitude sucks. He's a punk. Well, why do you say that? Uh, because he's not about football, he's about himself. He he's a he is a very he's an egomaniac. Yeah, any other words that I can decide a punk attitude thinks that he's God's gift, thinks his stuff doesn't stink, everything, and and that comes from upbringing. I'm just gonna be honest, and I don't even care who his parents are. Parents dropped the ball on this kid, and yeah, you know, now he's got this this ego that he won't even go to the Canadian league. Oh, but one Doug Flutie went there and got a great NFL career out of there. And the fact is, is NFL teams are not interested in taking a chance on a punk. See uh, the Canadian football league, you can go there and grow up. And that's, that's Johnny Manziel's problem. Johnny Manziel needs to grow up. Problem is, he doesn't have anybody either. A, you know, why? Well, he needs someone to help him. No, he doesn't. I, I, I do get sick and tired of listening to this crap. But it's really simple. He's an adult. He needs to grow the hell up and stop acting like an ass. Stay off the drugs. Stop drinking. And be a, a decent member of society. Until you can, Johnny, not very much interested in anything that you have. Well, I watch you in the Canadian League. If you go and play, I'll watch Johnny Mansell. Absolutely. And I'll go for it. 
put Johnny Manziel in the CF, CFL. But here's the thing. You already know this guy. Book is already written. His first two years in the NFL define him. The only way that you can get around the definition of what Johnny Manziel is, the only way you get around that is you go to Canada and stop acting like an ass. Period. Now, and there are football players all over the country that are not even playing or they might be playing different leagues that act like this guy, and they don't even get a look at the NFL because they can't stop acting like an ass. Or they think that they're, you know, they're, their stuff don't stink. Do you notice how he is in, it, it, even the WWE isn't going to have anything to do with them if you believe what they put out there, which is that they're not going to have convicts or people who've been um, that have been um, convicted of a, of a of a crime. They're not going to have anything to do with them. So Vince McMahon, the WWE, and whatever that that. Uh, football league that they're going to do, they don't want no part of them. But I, I, I want to hear some of the great names that would come for a Johnny Manziel. You know how they had, like, he hate me. So I, I just wonder what his nickname would be. He can't out drink me. I don't know. I, I you know, I don't know. This guy's a punk. Now, I've heard people ask me the question with the leagues that I'm involved with. Hey, if Johnny Manziel could come into our league, Champions Indoor Football, and act like a decent human being, then I'm all for Johnny Manziel come to Champions Indoor Football. He won't do it. His ego's too big. He wouldn't scratch the surface of coming to the uh, coming to the indoor game. Because he thinks his stuff don't stink. He thinks he should be paid money. I, you know, sit out and make nothing. I don't know what the guy does to make a living or, or make money or if he's still living off a of daddy, but that goes back to punk mode. Johnny Manziel, it, like, he, he might even be, you put the word punk up in the dictionary, you might be able to see his picture right next to the definition. Johnny Manziel's a punk, always been a punk. Until he straightens out his life or proves to me that he is not being a punk, then we'll, we'll talk. Until then, he stays up underneath the punk category, and it'll continue to be that way. Prove it to me, and I'll be right there. Other things we're going to be talking about on the couch, but say the sports show. But hey, guys, I, I would be remiss. I, you know, I want I want to talk just a little bit. Just a little bit, okay, about this nine-year thing. It's been a long nine years. It's been a great nine years. We've got to continue doing this until I decide I can't get out of my bed and sit in a chair and mouth off about nothing thinking I know everything, which you guys might be stuck with me for a while. <laughs> but, again, nine years ago, started. I was driving around. I remember I, I remember the day. I don't remember the date, but I remember the day. I was driving around, and for some reason, I was driving around on Saturday and Sunday in the morning 
I don't know why I was doing it. Can't remember what I was doing at the time. But I was sitting listening to ESPN radio right here in this Dallas area. And they were talking about golf. Okay, guys, guys, golf. Golf is not a sport, folks. And you can argue with me all day long. If you think golf is a sport, then you probably think bowling is a sport too. They're not. They're recreations. And also, if you're impressed by flag football, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not there. But golf is the reason why I started this show. Golf. Because I, I couldn't just sit and listen to the nonsense on the radio about someone, you know, having a certain you – know, there's strategy to golf, don't get me wrong, but it's not a sport. Has no, it's almost as bad as when you have house hunter people on a sports radio show or an insurance or an investor show on sports radio should be outlawed. And I thought to myself, any real bad sports show is better than this crap over I'm listening to. And here we are nine years later. But nine years, we've done a lot on this show. Sitting out in Las Vegas couple of times, had a couple of remotes from Las Vegas, do play-by-play. We called the lingerie football league, league game. Uh, you know, we've done that. We call play-by-play, high school basketball, football, indoor football. Now here we are right here and, and meeting some great people. Bill Cerna, my right-hand man on my play-by-play for the Raleigh Eagles football team. I'm going to tell you right now, if he wasn't there, it sure wouldn't be as, you know, a good, a good broadcast. That's for damn sure. Now I'm sitting here doing what I, the dream job. I'm working with the biggest indoor football league in the country, and it doesn't get much better than that. So, and that's all because of the Couch Potato Sports Show. Now, a lot of people can't say that they're living their dream job or doing their dream job. They, they can't say it. But I've just been doing this the way I want to be doing it for the last nine years. And I'm not going to change anything unless, you know, somebody from, you know, the high school football says, you know, that's the 10% of the job that I couldn't control myself and was asked to do differently. But the rest of it, as far as our show and what we do, it's all on what we do. When you're in a Walmart and you have a little, you have a lady say, hold on, Sonny, and then a little lady scruffles up to you and, and the lady says, uh, Nana, this is Sonny Clark. He's the one that does the play-by-play for the radio. And a, a, what looked to be a 90-year-old, four-foot-three woman go, oh, Sonny Clark, and hug me. I, I've done my job, man. I, I've done my job. I, I'll never forget that. And those are, those are the things that I remember. Those are the important things. Packing up in, and calling a high school basketball game because Richard McCrone was sick, I would have done it again. I'd pack it up, and really, I think I might have only played to him that day. That's the important things to me and what it's all about, some good stuff and good people that I've known by doing this show and picking up, whether it be 
our fine co-host, Cuervo, who's always fashionably late because of the high and tight, to Cuervo, or uh, to Brian Tarvin, on Way in Sports Talk, who joins us quite a bit, uh, to the big dog, you know, who understands what friendship's all about and how and what that is really about. All that stuff. But we are where we are. And then, I just to put it out there publicly, my um, a guy who I've never heard of tripped over me and started listening to our football calls, and then nominated me to be in the indoor football hall of fame. And of course, I'm talking about Coach E. And I'm going to end this part because this is a hard one to get out to me because whenever I talk about the man, just it tears me up inside. Lost my, my lost my real good friend Willie Willie Martin, the real good man, who urged me. I, I was complaining that I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. He encouraged me to. He says, "You got sports show. You want to call those games? You go out there do it." And I didn't think that I was. Lord knows I wasn't qualified. So what? Who cares? Go do it. Go try it. Go, go do it. Kept doing it. He did. He was sticking me in the side for three, three solid weeks before I went there and finally did it. And if it wasn't for Willie Martin, I wouldn't have the relationship that I'd have opening up the doors for calling football games, Texas Revolution, or, or doing what I'm doing in indoor football right now. If it wasn't, if it wasn't for Willie. That I would not be where I'm at right now, and I miss that man dearly. Um, you just got to save that to the last. He's a great man, and I miss him very much, and I love him. And uh, I thank him for everything that he did for me. And uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hop out and take our break now, um, and then I'll try to get composed here and get back to it. And uh, here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Uh, so we're going to hop into breaks. We'll be back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. This is that being said. We'll be right back. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience. So roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. It always happens. 6 p.m. on a Saturday night and your heater or air conditioner goes out. What are you going to do? All the heating and air conditioning people are closed. How about 24-hour service available at 5-Star HVAC Contractors? You can be sure to be serviced amazingly fast. That's 5-Star HVAC Contractors serving Relev 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 214-457-8441. Call the experts at 5-Star HVAC Contractors. 
Let Spirit Outfitters be your home for any of your specialty needs. Spirit Outfitters can do it all. Whether it's screen printing, custom apparel, spirit gifts, or embroidery, Spirit Outfitters has you covered. Need personalized apparel? We can do that. Want something just for you? We can do that also. Spirit Outfitters will let your imaginations run wild. Give them a call at 972-412-3440 or visit their showroom at 3538 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 101 in Rowlett. Or check them out on the web as well at thespiritoutfitters.com. never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslow Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at coslowinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yep, it is it's fresh. This is Sunday Clark Radio Voice at your rally at Eagles letting you know about Fit Body Boot Camp. What makes Fit Body Boot Camp a unique fitness program is the value of consistent coaching with a professional fitness trainer in a group environment that generates exceptionally high levels of fitness results. At Rowlett Fit Body Bootcamp, we offer complete fitness programs unlike any other that you've tried before. Our program it consists of unlimited group training sessions, fully customized nutrition planning, and a result tracking system designated to ensure our members achieve their fitness goals. Contact Tom or Mark at Fit Body Boot Camp located at 2502 Lawling Lane in Rowlett, Texas, or give them a call at 214-888-2848, or visit them on the web at www.rowlettfbbc.com. been on the air as long as I have if it wasn't for for one guy. Oh, you didn't know. And, and I don't know. If you didn't know. It's where Bo F is on the Sunday morning on the couch to say the sports show. He's back from getting the high and tight. Long time. It took a long time to get that high and tight. How you doing, my friend? Hey, hey, Sonny, how you doing? No, I was not nope. getting a high tight. I was getting, <laughs> I was trying to sh- trying to shed a couple of pounds. So we're now, ah. uh, went for a jog with Mrs. Cuervo, and we are back now. Uh, we gave our fur babies a haircut. They got the high and tights. I'm going to get they mine later it. this evening. And, uh, 
<laughs> and now I'm here, and I'm st- and I still and I still managed to be late. I don't know how I did that. I even yeah. gave myself extra time. Still wound up being <laughs> half an hour behind schedule. Hey, when you're good at something, you got to just continue doing it. <laughs> I, I, you know what? Maybe that's what it is, Sonny. Maybe that's what and it is. So, but, when you're good at it, um, you just can't change it. Hey, I wanted to get your opinion really quick. And, and, and this okay. is some of the things. So we're going to talk about some of the things we haven't talked about here in a little bit. But, you know, Johnny Manziel's story, it's like this guy won't go away. He's worse than a cockroach. Um, but now <laughs> – thinking about doing this spring league and everything has this guy managed within the time that we haven't been talking about him has he moved himself out of the punk category or is this guy still considered in in your mind as in mine uh, a punk or has he slowly developed a little of your respect and what he's trying to do to do what he's doing well for me Sonny I think that's still remained to be seen because I want to know what is his motive? What's his purpose behind trying to make an NFL comeback? Is it because he misses the game? Is it because he feels like maybe he sold himself short when coming out of the draft and preparing and, you know, the the expectation of being a first-round pick and, and all that stuff, Heisman Trophy winner, and he, and he felt like maybe things were just going to be handed to him? Is that why he's trying to make this comeback? Or – is it because he's broke? So which one is yeah. it? Is, is oh, it you mean money? daddy cut him off? Did daddy cut him off? Uh, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. And he's a grown man. So I, I, if, if I was a father that, uh, you know, had a son that potentially could have been an NFL star and, and threw it away, I wouldn't help him either. That's just me, though. But that's that's what I want to see is what is his purpose behind trying to make the comeback. And Got if it. it is for the money, then, yeah, he's still a punk. But if it's for the love of the game, if it's for the love of the game, or, if, you know, he misses the game, or or he really regrets the way he took advantage of the opportunities he had coming out of college, then you know what I, I, I would I would be gaining a lot of respect from him. Now, when 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 the cameras are in his face, Sonny, he's going to tell you what what you want to hear. Oh, I missed the game, and you know he's going to say those things. But let's let's right. let's see if that's the the real story behind it. And, and it's and we're going to find out. I mean, you and I we're 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 no dummies. We've been, we've been doing this a long time. We can smell right through a rat. So oh yeah. Um, it, 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 we'll we'll know right away if this guy is just in it for the money or if he's in it because he, you know, he misses the game and he wants to finish what he started. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay out something. When I saw this story, and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, now he's gonna go play two games in a quote unquote spring league. I, and uh, Todd, who's listening to the show right now, I agree with him. I don't know how two games in the spring league with a bunch of losers is going to help you out. Uh, that having been said, um, you know, he's going to go do this. But I, I, my question is, is that I'll, I might I might fall to a conspiracy theory, Cuervo, the one that I said that I never might fall to. 
So I'm going to admit my conspiracy out there is that Colin Kaepernick can't get a job because of his political stance. And me, I'm kind of one that, well, the guy sucks. But if Johnny Manziel can get a job before Colin Kaepernick, I'm gonna I'm gonna go right there and I'm gonna I, I'm gonna live with conspiracy, my friend. I think there would be a conspiracy against Colin Kaepernick if, for some crazy reason, that some stupid NFL football team would pick up Johnny Manziel. Will you will Will you admit to maybe the the conspiracy against uh, Colin Kaepernick if uh, you know Johnny gets a job in the NFL? You know, Sonny, I think at that at that point you definitely have to start looking at that aspect of you know, and, and, and let's not throw the race card. I'm not a race is not no. going to come out of my the, that word race will not be something that comes out of my mouth. But political stance, yes, I I yes. think that absolutely because of because of the way you know it kind of makes you wonder, Sonny. It, it, it's not about the way he made himself look, maybe it's the way he made the NFL look because uh-huh. of their lack of attention to uh, awareness of certain things that are going on in this country. And, you know, we could talk, we could talk for days about the problems that we have and, and all that. Sure. Let, let's, let's be real, though. Every country has their problems. But since we live in America, obviously we focus on the problems that go on here in the United States. And so um, I think what Colin Kaepernick did was in in the process of making himself look like a, like a jackass. He kind of, he kind of made the NFL look bad too, in the sense of, well, maybe we don't have the freedoms that we should as far as, you know, voicing our opinion, and and that's what Colin did. He went against the grain. He voiced yeah. he voiced his opinion without even saying words. You know, as they say, actions speak louder than words. And he took action, and you know, it made the it made the NFL look bad. And I think I think there is, uh, I you would know the word better than I do, Sonny. It's kind of like it's kind of like there, there's there's a there's a hit out for him saying. Hey, and all all teams do not don't associate with them. Don't do business with them. So, and I'm trying to think of the word. Uh, it's not blackmail. It's it's. I can't black think of the bald. word, but black yeah. Well, bald. yeah, he's that, yeah blackballed. He's getting blackballed big time. And so, because I think he made the league look bad, and we're yeah. all trying to pin it on the fact that he made himself, which he did. He did make himself look bad. But he also, in, in, in a way, in my opinion, make the league look bad too. So now yep. it's kind of like, you know, he's 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 banned from doing business with the NFL. As crazy as it sounds, Sonny, it wouldn't shock me one bit uh, if um, one Mr. Vince McMahon doesn't entertain the thought of bringing Collar Kaepernick into his league when it starts in what is it, 2020 or 2019? 2019, if you believe him, or 2020. No, it, it would be 2020 because it's, uh, in two years. But uh, if you believe what Vince McMahon said, that he won't be a part of it either. Um, if you've been convicted of a crime, you're not playing in his league. So that's uh, something that uh, Sonny, though. Sonny, yeah. Sonny, what crime did 
did Colin Kaepernick get convicted of, though? Oh, oh, I, I didn't he didn't he? Um, um, if I'm not mistaken, and I could be because Lord knows I don't know. I don't always get the full story. I thought he uh, pled to some charges against him with with his girlfriend or something like that. Didn't that come about? Didn't he plead uh, plead guilty for uh, something with his girlfriend? You know what? You might be right. I'd have to look it up. I'd have to uh, look but, it up too. I don't know it off the top of my head. Maybe maybe Todd knows, but uh, Todd who's given us a listen. But um, I think he might have been. Now that would be the only one that he would be convicted of. And yet he's been a and he's been an idiot. He's been stupid and everything else. But I think that's the only one. But that having been said. You know, right now, as far as where he's at, and, and I'm talking about Johnny Manziel, uh, the the Hamilton team in Canada owns his rights. I think the guy should go to camp. I think he should go go to camp, prove himself that he can be a good boy, so you can pat him on the head and say, and the NFL or an NFL team could have a good reason to bring this guy back. Because right now, Cuervo, there's no good reason to bring Johnny Manziel back right now. Not one good reason. Um, no, so, I mean nothing that nothing that we've seen at least. Um, not out of him. I mean, yeah, right. Yeah, so exactly. It, I mean, I it, unless there's like hidden footage of him, you know, running quarterback drills with guys, and and he's just out there just slinging the ball, looking like looking like, uh, you know, Drew Brees or, or Aaron Rodgers, um, yeah, there's no reason to bring him back. I mean, yeah, I'm all about giving those guys a shot, but, you know, let's, let's that, see what they have. That's why there's the indoor football leagues, the many that are out there. That's why Canada's there. That's why this new two-week spring league, oh, that, for what reason, I don't know. They're trying to make a big story out of that two-week lead. Uh, but there's a spring league. You know, go prove yourself before, I, you know, and, and Johnny Manziel's going to have to do that. I, and there's not a team right now that are going, hey, we got a flare. Let's go ahead and take a flare on somebody. They take a chance with Colin Kaepernick right now before they with Johnny Manziel. And if they didn't, then I'm all about the black ball. I'm going to say there's something out against him. But at the same time, you know, the league is one thing. Fans are another Cuervo. I mean, because I'm going to tell you right now, I still, there are many fans that still look at what Colin Kaepernick did, okay, and find it completely and utterly offensive. And they, and first of all, they don't care if he ever plays again. They hope he never plays again. And they think that he should be taken out back, pistol whip, and knocked upside the head because of the disrespect that is perceived against the, the, the uh, military. Say whatever you want, I'm gonna, I, and, and I'll put it out there, Cuervo, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong. You know, as far as what this country feels about its military, you can't do what you – if you're Colin Kaepernick, you can't do what you did, okay, regardless. Because this country, it's not like it's the 1950s when 80% of this country was all over the military – and the love of the military was huge. It's probably now down to 65%. But I'll tell you, that 65% is a very loud 65%, and that's the reason why Colin Kaepernick is in the position he is in. So a combination of he could be getting blackballed, I don't know. But right now, the 
the uh, the verdict is still out on how the public really feels about it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that probably still disagree with uh, with how he went about it. I, I think the message uh, was a good one. It's you know, and even even I will admit that. I think what he was trying to say was, I'm all about it, and that's great. Uh, I think how he did it, though, is, is really rubs people the wrong way uh, just because of the disrespect that, you know, disrespect, I mean, I, I, I had belief that that's what it was for a long time. But I think uh, I think it could, you know, really be just more lack of knowing how to show respect for the American colors. Because, you know, a lot of people look at taking a knee or, or not standing because that's what we're accustomed to. Um, however, because the fact that he took a knee, um, I, don't, I don't necessarily think it was showing disrespect anymore. I think I've kind of changed my feeling on that part. I think it's just more of, of uh, you know, not knowing how to show the message that he was trying to send. Um, Good point. And, you know, a lot of people took it as, you know, you disrespected the American colors. And um, I think that you, you, can be, you can believe that if you if you want to. Um, but I think, like I said, my mind's changed a little bit on that. I still think that he was wrong for the way he went about it. Um, and like you said, I mean, the, the people that, that have, that show the support for us in, in the act, in the armed forces, um, you know, have a lot to say because a lot of those that, that are, you know, pro military served at some point in time themselves. You know, they're, they're veterans themselves. So the ones that, in my opinion, uh, are, are against, you know, what we do nowadays and what we fight for have never served. And they don't know what goes behind uh, serving the country and what we really, what we really do. So um, that's why there's such a loud voice for the supporters, because a lot of them are veterans. And, um, you know, it, it just, you know, and I'm sure you, um, you know, you have kids, Sonny, and so I know you've heard about the, uh, the you know, another, yet another school shooting in a school yeah. on, I think it was Wednesday. Yeah, Tuesday or yeah. Wednesday. And, yeah. um, you know, a lot of people are calling for, hey, why don't we have veterans guarding schools, you know, armed uh, uh, veterans. Because we, I mean, we handle weapons for a living. We know how to handle them. We're not, we don't treat them like, you know, toy, toy water guns. I mean, we, yeah. we know how to, we know what we're doing. So, and, and I'm about that because a lot of these, a lot of guys, they get out and they struggle to find jobs, Sonny. That's the, that's the real harsh truth about it. Um, yep. A lot of, you know, a lot of Absolutely. veterans that get out uh, struggle to find a job. And I think, Doing something like that, I think a lot of veterans would be more than than welcome, more than willing 
to do something like like guarding a school, uh, you know, with with innocent kids. Well, this, I mean, this was a high school, but but even elementary schools. I mean, if I if I got out tomorrow and I had that opportunity to do something like that, I would jump on it um, because because it, it makes you feel like you're 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 giving back to the community. You're you're serving a purpose again. You're serving without serving active duty. Um, serving your community, which is just as important as serving the country. So, I think I think that would be an awesome idea. But you know, we'll, we'll see if that happens. But uh, you know, I get off topic a little bit. Um, you know, as far as Colin Kaepernick is concerned, I just I just think that um, you know that's the real big issue is just the way he went about it. His message is clear, and and, and it's you know. No problem with what he was trying to say. It's just how Absolutely. he thought about it is, is what rubs people the wrong way. And, and again, you know, it, because of the way he went about it, it made the league look bad, as I mentioned earlier. It made himself look bad. And now he's, now he's you know, facing the consequence of it because he's not getting an opportunity to play again. And um, if a guy like Johnny Manziel who, who you know, by far had a worse experience in the NFL than Colin Kaepernick did. If he gets an opportunity to play, even make a roster as a, as a third quarterback, um, then I think you definitely have to look into whether it's a political thing with, with, with that. And um, that, I don't know, that's, about, that's my take on it. I'm all about the, I'm all about the message. In fact, um, the message needs to be put out and needs to be heard. I've never been I've never been that guy that said. But here's my problem, and and you look on the other side of this where people are saying, well, you know, people don't get what he's talking about. And I've been sitting here telling people, yeah, they do. Because people don't speak complete usually. Okay. They know exactly what his message is. I believe that. I believe the majority of the people really completely sure. understand his message. The problem it's the same is thing. It's the same that, message that everyone else has, Sonny. Absolutely. Or most people it's do. The, it, it, most people do. And, and I get the message, and I'm all for it. Okay? Um, the problem is, is that the people on the other side that see that this is – they don't see the fact they don't completely understand that people understand his his uh stance but they don't like the way he's doing it i am telling you right now Cuervo, and we i think we've talked about this before if you've got a stance it's wonderful that you stand up for it and you should but you've got to really be careful of the delivery mechanism that you're using in order to get that message across and you can't do it in reality when you've got during the national anthem with in front of the people who give you the right to make the millions of dollars. People don't, don't dislike the message. They dislike the way of the disrespect of the people, the delivery, that, the delivery of that whole thing as it is what it's about. It has nothing to do mm-hmm. with exactly. And other people on their side, well, they don't know what he's protesting. No, they do. There's no one talk about that because Believe it or not, the way he is protesting and doing what overshadows the, the, the message in this case because of how he's doing it. And like I said, 
do it any other way, but don't don't spit in the spit in the face of the people that gave you the right to make the millions of dollars you're making to where you look like the way you look. Okay, do it elsewhere. Don't do it when the national anthem is playing. Go out and do it. Get into the community and the active places and do it, but don't put it out there to be seen like that to where it could be perceived by people who don't want to see someone disrespecting our country or the people that have fought for this country, and I'm one of them. I don't want to see that crap. I don't. And you can say whatever you want. I, it's not the fact that I'm racist or I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it in that delivery. Anything else I'm just fine with, but you just can't do it. And there's certain things that you can do in this country, and, and there's two of them that you can't do. Number one, you can't disrespect the country slash military. And number two, be careful what you do with your mama. Because those are the only two that I, I feel you could be the biggest scumbag on the face of the earth, and I won't hear your message because of your delivery. And that's one of the biggest stories up on it. I'm going to bring in a caller from the 412. I know who this is. How you doing, my friend? It's Steel City Storm on Sunday morning. Greetings and salutations. You bet. How's it going, my friend? It's a wonderful, wonderful day here in the Skill City. And how are you? Yes. We're, we're, we're doing our thing on a Sunday morning like we always have and will continue to do. It's good stuff. So you had a very deep subject. I am a 10-year veteran of our armed forces. Mm-hmm. And my opinion is you have your right to to protest or speak your mind. That's why we defend that right. And you'll defend it, right? I'll defend that right. I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I have mm-hmm. no problem with that. Taking the knee, here's my problem with that. I get it. I get you want to do something. and But this is just my opinion only. No one else's. It doesn't make me right or wrong. Taking a knee to me is an easy way out. Hey, look at me. I'm a quarterback in the NFL and I'm on national TV. So I'm going to take a knee to make you aware of something. Impress me. Go out in the community and do something. Take, anyone can take a knee. Did he do anything else after he took a knee? I can a take a knee. And I can tell you yeah. I'm going to do that. Doesn't mean nothing. Doesn't mean a thing. Go out in the community. Make a difference. Yep. A lot of people feel that way, Steel. A lot of people feel exactly that same way. Show me in a different way instead of disrespecting the uh, disrespecting the flag, military, or whatever. Your intention, and, and, and folks, I'll put this out there. I don't believe his intentions were doing what he did, which is offend you know people in the military. It just happened, okay? His intention was not to be there. I, I believe that his intentions were definitely – you know, in a positive thing in reality, which he just took the wrong way. It's almost like saying, I don't mean to offend you, but the but is the big deal in this, in reality, more so than obviously I don't think he was out there to intentionally to, you know, insult the, you know, insult the military, but then he just continued to do it. And that's, and that's yet another portion of this is that if, if he might have, you know, said, you know what, that's not my intentions. I'm going to get away from that. I'm going to go into the community. That I think I'd have more respect for what he did 
except, you know, but the simple fact of the matter, he didn't. He continued to do it, and he's seen the displeasure, and he took that displeasure as my message is getting out, more so than people are looking at him and saying, I'm not hearing your message because it's not the fact that I don't like your message. I definitely don't like the delivery. That's all. I have no problem with what he's trying to say, but, I yep. mean, okay, if he's trying to say, well, I don't like the way police brutality has been acting up. Okay, legitimate. I get it. I know cops personally. I know good cops. I know bad cops. I know good people. I know bad people. They're all over the place. I get it. Taking a knee during national anthem doesn't answer that. Go to your local police force. Go have a um, go go um, stage a press conference and talk to the local police if that's where the problem is. Wasn't Absolutely. That game? I agree. Good, that's all. good stuff. Yep. Do it, do it in. Yep, you had found, found different delivery. Now, that having been said, I got your messages this morning, of course. We talked about it. What is going on over there in Steel City, which we know what's going on. I know what you're about ready to talk about, which we don't talk a lot, but I've been actually kind of been watching myself a little bit of ice hockey. But the only problem is that some of the other big-time named players are not playing right now uh, because of the Olympics. You know what? You brought up a good subject before, and it falls right into this ESPN. When you talked about you were listening to golf, they don't even advertise hockey. And that, to me, is just insane. Uh, They give it 30 seconds just to tell you the scores. (laughs) And that's enough. You know, if you're in a block hole, that's great. But, I mean, anything else, it doesn't help you. Yeah. yeah, um, last night watched the two-time defending champion on Hockey Night in Canada, and I got the rare pleasure of having my seat in the media deck. The Hall of Fame announcer for the Penguins, Mike Lang, stopped and yep. said hello. Uh, Mike Rupp works for the NHL Network, former Devil, Ranger, and Penguin, who works for the Pittsburgh side, and he works also for the NHL Network, stopped by with his son. Uh, Colby Armstrong, former Toronto Maple Leaf and Penguin, working for Mario Lemieux and uh, Rogers Center up in Toronto. Uh, Mark Madden, the Pittsburgh uh, ex-wrestling announcer, now Pittsburgh uh, sports talk show host. They were all there. I posted pictures. It was uh, it was a unique perspective to get seats up there to watch the game, and it was a pretty cool, pretty cool experience to. Need a Hall of Fame announcer like I did. It was incredible. Yeah, I bet you that was. And it's one of those, uh, you know, once-in-a-lifetime things. Purely by accident. My wife is from Toronto. It's one in the afternoon. We're about to get a snowstorm, and her maple leaves are in town. She's looking at me like, it's Saturday night. It's like a law in Canada. you got to go to a hockey game. And I said, well, we live in Pittsburgh. She goes, (laughs) That's right. And she goes, well, I want to go. I said, well, let me look for some tickets. And there was nothing. This is a hot ticket. Uh, Toronto's playing great. Penguins have turned it on since January 1, playing like the champions. And it was impossible to get a ticket. And all of a sudden, I looked down on SeatGeek, and it said press box. And I said, this has got to be a gag. I actually (laughs) called the Pittsburgh Penguin offices, not the ticket office, when you're on hold, it's Sidney Crosby and Melkin telling you to hang on. It's actually their voices. It's pretty hilarious. And uh, I talked to a woman and talked to the ticket office. And apparently that room next to the media where the media sits, they actually rent that room to corporate 
ready for this? Each game, it costs thirty grand to have that room per wow. game. Wow. And this was the first time ever no one rented the room for that, one of the biggest games. So they had this media seats in row B, which is upstairs where the media sit. Then you have row A where the other, like, sports writers sit. And uh, Hornquest was sitting. Injured Penguin players will sit up there and watch the game. And yeah. uh, they offered them for $100, and I bought them. And oh, there wow. I was, private bathroom. They just sold the tickets, first time in the history of that arena that's happened. And we just happened to be it's, one of five people to grab them. That, that, is, dumb luck. that is great. Mike, who won the game? <laughs> That's almost secondary now. <laughs> Your. Well, if you would watch ESPN, you would have got the score. Um, just kidding. Um, yes. Your champion Penguins won a thrilling 5-3 decision. Maple Leafs very great. I'm telling you, Babcock, coach of the Red Wings, is there. Austin Matthews, their young superstar, American superstar, they're going to win the Stanley Cup soon. I, They match up very well with the Penguins. It was a great hockey game. It was, had everything. And the one thing about the Penguins, they're playing like the two-time champions. To repeat and do it for the third time hasn't happened since the 80-84 New York Islanders. Yeah. Uh, they stand a good opportunity, but it's not easy in this day and age with free agency. Um, but the Penguins are one of the hottest teams, and it seems like it, they do this every year. When the season turns January 1 and every point's precious, they just – I hate to use this cliche, they hit a switch, but they're playing like that, and Crosby quietly – and uh, Malkin and Phil Kessel are all in the top five in scoring in the NHL. And it's all the baby penguins that are coming up from Wilkes-Barre that are filling in for the injuries like they did two years ago with Sherry and Rust. And yes. Murray, the goaltender, they're, they've been in the league two years. They have two Stanley Cups, and they did it again. I would like to blame Kessel, Malkin, and Crosby for their success and Latang and Flurry. But let's be real, it's the farm team and the great production they get from underneath and the support they get and their bench is why they're two-time defending champions. That's the real reason. And they have Without one of the question. best farm systems. Yes, the Baby Good. Penguins and Wilkesbury, if you look them up, they have been so successful the last couple of years. And probably about eight members of the Penguins starting lineup last night, including the head coach, were all on that staff three years ago. And, and it's, it's interesting incredible. that you say – yeah, it's interesting that you say that because when you think about what's going on, then they, they just had a, a coaching change too, didn't they? Yes, uh, they uh, a few coaches moved on to head coaching jobs, and they brought in new NHL Hall of Famer and former Penguin Mark Recchi onto the coaching staff, and uh, a few of their coaches went to Washington Capitals, and another one's the head coach. He went to Minnesota. So they went on to budding careers, and they just bring in within. And uh, I don't know if you're aware of this. Jim Rutherford was a Penguin goalie in the 70s. He became general manager and, and has been the man that's behind these two uh, Stanley Cups. His predecessor, who's sitting there waiting to take over when he retires, is Bill Garrett, American Hockey Hall of Famer and former Penguin and former Devil. Uh, if you notice what Mary Lemieux does, for a guy that doesn't have a college degree, 
he's a smart businessman. In every part of the area, all his management team is either local Pittsburghers or former players that he played with. And uh, right. the, the next game I'm looking for, and I'm going to throw it out there, I'm waiting for this day when they retired number 68, Yammer Yager, and put his right. number to the Raptors because he deserves it. Definitely. And, and another guy that, that folks – and this is going back to – you know, Phoenix Roadrunner hockey, Daniel Blasma, when he was actually the head coach of this, you know, hockey team, he was a, another guy who knew younger talent because he played in that younger talent for a long time. So having the experience in the minor league and bringing up the baby penguins, that also w- even went back to the time when he was the head coach of that book, uh, football team, of uh, that hockey team as well. So Dan Blasma is another one, and that's a guy I personally know um, as he played a lot of uh, minor league hockey, and I watched a lot of that when he played. Yeah, if you really look at the Penguin Five Stanley Cups, uh, they had Lemieux and everything. They built a team in the 80s. 1990, they actually didn't make the playoffs the year before right. they won their first Stanley Cup, but it was a college coach, a guy that they brought in that wasn't a high-priced NHL coach, never coached at that level before. And I'm talking about the late, great Bob Johnson, Badger Bob from the University of Wisconsin. They bring him in here, and in one year, he took all that power and that superstar power and taught him how to win. And what's funny is when the Penguins didn't make the playoffs in 1990, they actually lost the last game against the Buffalo Sabres. If they would have won that game, they wouldn't have got their first-round pick, the fifth pick overall in that 90 draft, Yamir Yager. And that right. was all she wrote. Yep. Just gave everybody a uh, – we just gave everybody a uh, a little history lesson there. So, <laughs> But it is what it is. So, hey, really quick, before we go, you know, before we, we move on, what's going on? What are you hearing in the offseason about your Pittsburgh Steelers? Obviously, a you know, the baseball team is, you know, pretty much in, in ruins right now, you know, that having been said. Uh, with the loss of Andrew McCutcheon, what's going on? What's being talked about as far as the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers? Well, I'm going to touch on the Pirates briefly. It's not just middle yet. They may bring back hot dog dollar night, and if they do, I'll definitely go to a game. All right, that's enough Pirates talk. Uh, the Steelers, after the Super Bowl, um, the talk is here, a tweak here, a tweak there. And some decisions, hard decisions on defense, this team should be right back in the hunt for a Super Bowl, and I believe that. The offense I believe too. No problem. And a lot of people here feel the wrong coordinator got fired, technically. He didn't get fired. They didn't renew his contract. So you can, yep. you know, call what you want. Um, Haley, you know, had his ups and downs. I think it was more about his relationship with Roethlisberger. They all deny it. Of course, the sports writers here that are here every day don't. Um, that probably played a part of it. Defense, the coordinator, Butler, has been under Dick LeBeau for a very long time, and I think they were hoping for a little magic, and I don't think it's working. I believe there's a few spots on the Steelers' defense that just need addressed. When there was dissension in the secondary with uh, Malcolm Butler, that was the first thing I was screaming, sign him. 
bring him to the Steelers, get rid of Mike Mitchell, and let a pro bowler run your defensive secondary and a Patriot on top of it. And they're coming Absolutely. here next year to play. So I believe the Steelers um, have some internal things to think about. There's going to be uh, quite a few coaching changes on the defensive side. Uh, Art Rooney Jr. was here uh, last week talking about the Steelers, and he's only going to tell you what, you, what you're going to hear. He's not going to give you everything. But he did, in a, a polite, political way, mention the defense. I mean, let's face it, your best player on defense may not play football again. But we're just hoping he walks, which he is. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. The, the possibilities of him to come back to play, let alone play at his level, are probably nil. As, right. as long as he walks the rest of his life is all that matters right now. I don't care about him playing football. But those are hard things you got to look at. you got to change your defense. Maybe you go to a, a 4-3. I think Mike Mitchell has been a liability for the Steelers for a long time. I think his decision-making is terrible. I think he's a big mouth. I don't think he fits the Steeler mold. He's been called out by former Steelers on ESPN, including Ryan Clark. And I think it's time for him to go. I think what about Joey of... Porter, though? Joey Porter, he's coaching the, the outside linebackers on this football team, and they're not even getting to the quarterback, man. So, well, I agree with I you. Mean, Let's talk about the guy that, that uh, drafted him. Uh, I mean, you, you're right. I guess you could – yeah. I mean, I mean, if you've got I a coach it's... that's supposed to be a, you know, an outside linebacker genius, according to everything I've read about Joey Porter, I thought the guy could play great. But I don't know. Maybe they're missing something in the coaching, like you said, on the defensive side of the ball. And I thought it started with Joey Porter myself. It does start with Porter, but Tomlin has to – I think his protection and he can't be touched. He's one – he's third on this list of games and, you know, all this hogwash. But I think when it comes to situational football, he has dropped it many a time. And I, agree. and I take that I, – and I think if you look back at these Steelers teams and the way they were built when he took over from Tower, he inherited – how many teams in the NFL right now can say they've had a franchise quarterback since 2004? At, Patriots. Good point. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's had a franchise quarterback his whole time with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He didn't have to deal with, you know – Brian Hoyt or Bubby Brister. He had Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> this whole time. So does he have a lot of wins? He should. But is he has questionable things in tight games? Yes. And Joey Porter is an example. Joey Porter is a fantastic player for the Steelers. He's a true team leader and he's a true Steeler. That doesn't make him a great coach. I agree. But and that's that the way the Steelers big... operate. They bring within their own. Yeah, that's and, just and the so, way, and it's been successful. Well, it, they don't do it for the head coach, but the other positions, yes, they they do it. Now, Cuervo, I don't know if you know what we're talking about as far as that's concerned, but as far as the Steelers are concerned and where their future is, that in reality, you look at the AFC and what's going on in the AFC right now. I mean, is there is I. You know, I'm not questionable about the, the Patriots. I expect them to be in the AFC Championship game next year. That having been said, that, that might be the year they might get lucky where they might not make the Super Bowl, but defensively or offensively, where do you think the problems are with the Steelers, Cuervo? 
Um, you know, I, I think it really, uh, what come, to me, what it came down to was sometimes the, the play calling was a little questionable, and I think a lot of people brought that up. Uh, I think it got brought up so much, though, because it was pretty obvious that there were certain situations, certain times in, in games where um, the Steelers could have done things differently. And I don't know if getting rid of uh, Todd Haley was, was the, uh, no, the right move or, or the answer to the, to the problem. Uh, I guess that still remained to be seen, but uh, I, that's what I saw. It was just there were times where they could have done things a little bit differently. What do you think about that move for uh, Haley? I think he went to Cleveland, right? I mean, I, I, he did. I, I'll give him – you know, they say Cleveland is the place where you go where your career is going to end. I mean, I, he may have just – he may have just, you know, say his career done, you know. But he's, he's one of two things going to happen. This guy's going to go away. After a bad season with Cleveland, or it's going to turn the, that team around. I, I'm glad. I'm glad Steel City storms on because we're talking about guys, and you know, you're talking about there. You know, I'm telling you right now, Cleveland needs to be on the phone with Kirk Cousins, and I know they're going to have to sell the farm to get it. Don't get me wrong, I get it. But look at your farm. Does it matter? I mean, so at the same time, the only guy that's untouchable on that football team. If you're going to bring in Kirk Cousins, would be Josh Gordon, which, by the way, played magnificent for the last four weeks. Now, remember, those were in really useless games and nothing on the line, but he still shows he can catch the football. So right now he would be the only one untouchable if I'm going to go out and get Kirk Cousins because if you look at Kirk Cousins, Cuervo said it on this show many times, you know, Cousins had nobody to throw the football to, but if you have Josh Gordon, you, I, I think, Kirk Cousins could bring them six games of victories. And granted, it's not going to get you to the playoffs, but it's going to be better than the last three years combined, for God's sake. Yeah, and don't forget uh, Coleman, the other wide receiver. He had a pretty decent season once Gordon come back. Um, Out of Baylor. picked up valuable experience. You know, I mean, they do have weapons. Um, And all you need is a quarterback not to – you don't have to win the game. Just don't lose it. That's Kirk Cousins. Exactly. He is – Cuervo, there are many quarterbacks that could be available. The best one available, unfortunately, that could make a difference. There are a lot of quarterbacks that are available, that, but not that could jump in and take over a football team like Kirk Cousins could with the Cleveland Browns. And I'm not even saying this is a joke because what – what Kirk Cousins can do for the next three years for Cleveland is get their franchise quarterback set and get their next one coming because obviously mm-hmm. it's not going to be Kirk Cousins for the next 10 years. And they can put themselves in a better position to win football games in that tough division. The AFC North, you better bring it or you're going to get buried. Right. You know, and, and I could see that. I could see that happening where, uh, you know, where the Browns do pick up the Kirk Cousins because, you know, a lot of people are talking about Denver and, and, and Jacksonville and other teams. I personally feel like, and this is just me speaking, you know, on the Jaguars, my my opinion, but I think the Jaguars feel like Blake Bortles uh, earned himself another gear with them. And I know that 
that's not what you want to hear, Sonny. I know it kind of made you maybe sick to your stomach a little bit. It uh, does. I just threw up but, in my. Uh, I just threw up in my mouth. Thank you. So did I when you uh, were Jaguars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I can only imagine for you, Steel City. I mean, that was no, you, know. you put up four. You put up forty-two points and you lose. Yeah, I think you fired the wrong coordinator. Yeah, I yeah, could be. <laughs> you know that that was my thought too at the beginning, um, but you know you go back and you and you watch that game and there was just times where it was like, what were they thinking on? Um, you know the uh, the fourth down play, I think it was, and there were other things too. I, I just, you know, it's like, what were they thinking? So um, that that's why I I believe that uh, they went the direction that they did and they fired Todd Haley. Uh, but you know, as far as uh, Kirk Cousins is concerned, I mean, I, either Cleveland or. Uh, Cleveland, maybe Denver are the two teams that I see him going. I don't see anybody else paying for a guy like that. The Giants aren't going to do it. Um, I don't. I don't see the Forty ers doing it because now they have Garoppolo, obviously. But um, I think that that could very well happen. And you know, they have two top five picks. They could use those on a guy like say Quan Barkley out of Penn State. And good get themselves point. a yep. good offensive lineman. So. Yep. Offensive line. You know me. Sonny Clark wants that offensive lineman. There ain't no question about that. But here's just just in news that I saw. You know, you know, this morning getting ready. Kirk Cousins going to file a grievance with the NFL Players Association against the Redskins for franchise tagging them. Which, by the way, was which I thought maybe it's me. I thought it was great for him. And the reason being, anybody that's going to get him, he's going to get 35 million bucks. Darn near 35 million bucks because they franchised him tag uh, three times and they got to take over that contract. This is actually a great move for Kirk Cousins because who's going to pay that guy 34, $34.5 million to play in 2018? Nobody, if anybody in their right mind. Um, so, you know, obviously Cleveland has a hard time with their right mind. But at the same time, they did him a favor, for God's sake, in reality. I don't think he's going to pull $35 million from any football team in the NFL. He's going to get that for one year, not not a, you know, a signing bonus or, you know, a three-year deal for $34 million. No, this is $34 million regardless in 2018. I, I don't know what he's complaining about. Maybe it's me. Can someone fill me in? Do, do you know anything, Steele? Well, no, it's just the way this, this – if you look at franchise tagging, you're right. I think it benefits Le'Veon Bell. If the Steelers franchise tag him, do you realize he'll make $4 million a year more than any running back in the NFL? Okay, what's so bad yep. about that? Exactly. It's the same thing. Yeah. I, I'm missing it. Nicuervo, maybe you know something that we don't. How can this move a franchise tagging, you know, Kirk Cousins, be bad for Kirk Cousins? Well, I mean, because I, I feel like maybe he thinks that he'll wind up getting stuck somehow in uh, Washington. Cleveland? So, or, or, well, yeah. No, 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 getting stuck in, in, in Washington if they franchise tag him. Uh, I mean, but, going to Cleveland's not any better. I mean, I don't, I don't see why he's such in a rush to leave Washington. But, 
and, and I mean, besides the fact that they that they went in a different direction and they signed traded for Alex, they didn't sign Alex Smith. They traded for him. Let's let's think about that. So, I, I'm wondering. Uh, I, listen, I'm not a quarterback. I'm not a quarterback whisperer, but I'll even say it. Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Alex Smith. Now, I know I just made quite possibly a stupid statement, but, I mean, I don't think it's so stupid. Kirk Cousins, I think, has got talent. He just didn't have anybody to throw it, so that part gets overshadowed. No. You look at his numbers, add 20% to him if he had a decent receiver core, and he's going to be up there in the top five situation as far as quarterbacks are concerned. So, I mean, I, you know, for them to franchise tag him, I think it was the best thing for him so he can at least get $34 million, at least for one year. Now someone will go ahead and give him a long-term deal, but this guy is going to make $34 million wherever he goes, and someone's going to, someone is going to throw snake eyes for this guy. They're going to try to get him. And I, I, listen, as bad as I, I, I would perceive myself, I'd go play for the worst team in the NFL for $35 million and maybe even be the reason why a franchise – turns around and that could be a legacy of him because his legacy is not going to be I win Super Bowls his legacy now in his his point in his career is look what I did for this franchise I turned it around and look what I did for the the uh, Washington Redskins with nobody around me now I'm on a team that actually cares now I'm on a team that will actually give me some weapons that's what his legacy has to be he can't be Super Bowls because let's face it He's not going to be able to be on a football team that will make the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah, well, and, and if he does, Sonny, it's going to be a hell of a challenge. Yeah. I mean, I mean, do, do you, you don't see Pittsburgh going out. He's not a franchise quarterback. The fact of the matter is he is not a franchise quarterback on any team in the NFL except the few teams that could use it. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, you know, depending on what's going on with Deshaun Watson and that injury down there, I'm going to tell you right now, he's not going to start at the beginning of the season. The Houston Texans should be on the phone breaking their neck to try to get this guy on that football team because they don't have anybody in reality that can take over at the quarterback position and have that experience until Deshaun Watson can get back out on the football field. As the way I remember it, Deshaun Watson is not going to be ready to play in the NFL until week eight or nine. So that means you got to somehow figure out to win a majority of nine football games until you get your stud back. And Kirk Cousins, that guy there, Steel City, I, I, I don't even know why anybody would take take a second to think about that. Yeah, and, uh, you know, he's just like you said, he's a guy that can come in where he has experience. He's had some success. I believe Smith has had overall more success when he was with the 49ers and the Chiefs, but not sure. overwhelming by any means. Um, but, you know, Kirk Cousins is what he is. He provides you stability. He can stabilize that position, make the players around him better, but he's not a franchise quarterback. Hey, you never know. I remember back in the day, a guy that was a star for New England Patriots, thought his career was over, Went to the Oakland Raiders and won a Super Bowl, and it was Jim Plunkett. You never yep. know. And he was like almost – the pedigree was higher when he come out of school. Um, I believe he played at Stanford. And yeah, he's a Stanford he, boy. He's you know, smart. He, yeah, and, I mean, he went to the Raiders in 1980 and 
no one's seen this one coming, and you would think he was just going there to, you know, and he won a Super Bowl. I mean, he won. Yep. Um, that wasn't he, the plan. I mean, I, <laughs> right. I don't think it that was. No, I don't think that was the plan at all. And uh, it just happened. I mean, there's yep. been stories because they were talking about, you know, with Nick Foles and going back to Hofstetler when he took over for Sims and they won a Super Bowl. But this was kind of – that scenario and this one with Cousins, you know, you know, when you talk about the Texans, you know, when you talk about Denver, I mean, I don't think – I think the Texans have more going for them than the Raiders did in 1980. I agree. I agree. Bowl, you know. Yeah. It's it's something that someone needs to get an eye on. There's no question about that. Guys, I do got to take a break uh, as we are here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. So we will take that break. But when we come back, Frank Wright is in the news. He's a new head coach over in Indianapolis. I kind of touched on it when Cuervo left me high and dry after he was getting his high and tight. Uh, So that having been said, we'll get his opinion on Frank Wright as the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts when we come back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We'll take our quick break. We'll be back. If the button. At Wesson General Contract. That one. In 1998, Scooter's Coffee was born. Co-founders Don and Linda Eccles began their amazing journey when they opened up their first drive-through coffee house in Bellevue, Nebraska. Their motto is, amazing people serving amazing drinks, amazingly fast. Scooters only roast from the top 10% specialty coffee beans in the world. And their specialty, the Caramelicious. If you're new to Scooters, you can't go wrong with ordering this rich, velvety caramel gem. So make sure you check out Scooters Coffee, located at Rowlett Road in the 66, with a convenient drive through so you can get onto your business real quick. That's Scooters Coffee, located in Rowlett. Selling your home could be the single most important decision you make in your life. You need someone with the experience and know-how to help you through this decision. Brian Chadwick of JP and Associate Realtors has you covered. Knowing the specifics of the Rowlett and Rockwall area is his specialty. Contact Brian at 972-533-9059 or visit him on the web at brianchadwick.jphomesforsale.com. That's Brian with a Y, not nichadwick.jphomesforsale.com. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, learn the art of self-defense, discipline, respect, physical development, and mental focus. Become the best that you can be. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, we offer an after-school program, fitness kickboxing, birthday parties, summer camp, and homeschool classes. Check out our one-year anniversary special. Two weeks in a free uniform for $19.99. That's right, $19.99 gets you two weeks and the free uniform. Check out Chang Lee's at 469-506-4483 or visit them on the web at mychanglees.com. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about the Mitchell Law Firm. Looking for a bankruptcy attorney in Rowlett? Talk directly to your bankruptcy attorney, not their paralegal. Get a personal touch directly from Greg Mitchell. 
The Mitchell Law Firm handles a wide variety of bankruptcy-related matters, including litigation arising out of bankruptcy matters in state as well as federal court. We represent both individual and small business debtors in Chapter 7, Chapter 11, and Chapter 13 bankruptcies. For more information, come in contact with Greg Mitchell at 972-463-8417. That's 972-463-8417. Or visit him on the web at www.mitchellps.com. Are you in need of an electrician in the Rowlett, Rockwall, or Saxe area? What kind of electrical work needs to be done, residential, business, or industrial? Contact Allen Bauer Electric for all of your electrical needs. It's important to have a qualified, licensed electrician taking care of any electrical problems you may be having, so your loved one or customers are safe. We have built our business on quality for a fair price and good customer service, but of course... Give Alan Bauer Electric a call at 214-356-0197 and tell him Sonny sent you. Alan Bauer Electric, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Some of y'all never been down south too much, I'm on TV. Just watch us in our ninth season here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is me, Bernie Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, along with my fine co-host, it is Cuervo. We also got on live Steel City Storm. As we are here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, it's that being said, it is the Sunday morning tradition that is the Couch Potato Sports Show. Thanks for joining us here on the Saturday morning or Sunday morning tradition. All right, someone dropped their phone. We got them back. Here we go. Hey, uh, the Colts, they get Josh McDaniels. Oh, contrary, Monfrey. They don't get Josh McDaniels. They get Frank Wright. I, I'm sorry. Maybe it's me. I'm looking at, t- at Tim saying it's a great hire. Am I, I, and I know Frank Wright because of the fact that he backed up Phil Sims in the Giants. Well, I was actually a Giants fan because I love Phil, uh, Phil Sims. That having been said, I, I've seen this guy. He's a quarterback coach. I, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, couldn't you find anybody better? Maybe Cuervo, am I missing something here? Frank Wright takes over when Josh McDaniel says no? Um, either he was second on the list, Sonny, or he was just, you know, it was a panic Out move. there? It was one yeah. of the two. I think it's panic move. That's and that's exactly where I was headed because there are other guys that could be out there that could be on this list that could coach that football team. You do have Andrew Luck. You got a guy that's pedigree is supposed to be good. Uh, you know, looking from Stanford. Looking, we're just talking about Plunkett there. You know, Steel City. Is this the right move for this football team? I mean, you're 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 lucky. I, I say they're lucky they're in the division that they're in because if they're in almost any other division. This would be a complete disaster pick. But even in their own division, they still got to worry about the Titans and Jaguars who seem to be improving. 
you know, I, I said this on the show before, and I hate to repeat myself, but if this was, like Corvo said, a desperation move, well, then why didn't you try to get Bruce Arians back? He has history routine. He had success, and he knows Andrew Luck. He, he's kind he's of like a cousin of coaches. Yeah. Yeah, but he's under contract, though, with the Arizona Cardinals, so in reality. Well, he retired. Yeah, he retired, but he's still under contract. His contract wasn't up. So he, he, he can't go to any team in the NFL. He's actually still up under contract, but he did retire. I guarantee, and I bet the house payment on it, that if he wanted to go to Indianapolis and the Cardinals just want to get out of it because he's not coming back, they could have fixed it. I'm just saying he would have been a familiar face for your quarterback, for the system, just till you got the guy you really want. Do you really want Frank Wright not putting him down? You know, I that's the, that was the first thought that popped my head when that job came over. Yes. I mean, Frank, Frank Wright's a great quarterback coach. I mean, obviously. And, by the way, he's got a Super Bowl ring. He filled in for Phil Simms. So, you know, and Phil Simms is a, is a two-Super Bowl quarterback winning. But, folks, don't forget, he didn't start that football game in the Super Bowl. It was right. So, all that being said, I mean – this guy's a great quarterback coach, but there are many guys that are out there. There were a couple that were fired that could have maybe even been a bigger, better pick where votes in Frank Wright. I mean, if you're the Indianapolis Colts, do you want to go into 2008 with an unexperienced head coach when, let's be honest, if the Indianapolis Colts don't have a good season, we can see them fade into oblivion of being just mediocre, mediocre at best for the next four or five years, this is not the right move for this football team. Yeah, I mean, I think if, oh, I think if it winds up being a – Yeah, I think if it winds up being a dead or, or of a dud of a higher, Sonny, it sets them back another, you know, five years or so. Um, but I think, you know, just me, me throwing a wild guess out there, I think what Indianapolis's mindset was, Sonny, is, you know, they looked at – the success of the Philadelphia Eagles this year, and not just the Philadelphia Eagles, but the success of Doug Peterson is, I think it's his, what, first or second year in Philadelphia, and they saw how fast he was able to develop Carson Wentz and able to develop uh, that offense because that was a big part of why they were, you know, not at the level that they were this year in the past. It's just the lack of of offense and, you know, obviously signing guys like Alshon Jeffrey, Torrey Smith helped out. Uh, but I think, like you said earlier, you know, him being the quarterback whisperer that, that it looks like he is, I think that's what Indianapolis is looking at. Like, look, we need somebody that's going to come in here and help Andrew Luck get get his game to the next level. So um, that's why they decided to go after Frank Wright uh, once the whole Josh McDaniels thing fell through. Yeah. And by the way, I was wrong. Hostetler was the one. Thanks, uh, Tim, for letting me uh, go on that. Uh, but as a player, Buffalo Bills, Carolina Panthers, 95, Jets, 96, Detroit Lions, 97, 98. But he's known for being the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills from 85 to 94, nine-year stint uh, at the quarterback position there. So, obviously, this guy knows about Super Bowl heartbreak as well. So, But 
at the same time, you look at a lot of things like that, it's huge. So, guys, I got to take a call. Continue on now. I'll be right back, okay? All right. It's after hours. Couch potato. Yeah. We'll do. Um, yeah. So, so, so like, like, like I was saying, I don't know how, what your thought is, but that, that was my thought was just the fact that, you know, the success that the Eagles had this year, obviously with them, um, you know, taking the trophy and whatnot, um, how much of a factor do you think, do you think that played in, in Indianapolis's decision to go after a Frank Wright or, or, or was he a part of the, the list of candidates that the Colts were looking at all along and he was just, just happened to be number two on the list. I, I find that hard to believe personally. Um, but I mean, I'm, I don't work for the Colts and I don't know what their quarterback list was or their head coaching list was, but uh, to me, it kind of I, felt a little bit desperate. I, yeah, I, I think, I think, I guess the safe answer would be a little bit of both, but I believe more that it was the success, the sudden success um, of who it was and what they did. And looking at their team, knowing they have an Andrew Luck, no no put down to Nick Foles or anything he accomplished, but Luck is supposed to be that and more. So if you can bring a guy in that can do that to Nick Foles, can you imagine what he can do for my Andrew Luck? Maybe that's what they're thinking. That has to be what it is uh, because, I mean, we all we all see what Andrew Luck could potentially be, and you know it was, I mean it was it was good, it was very good. But you know injuries and things like that are obviously what has held Andrew Luck back in his career, and um, you know to me I, I think that they were just looking at you know who's who's going to help Luck get to the get to the next level of his career. Well. To me, the answer isn't it's not another person. It's it's Andrew Luck himself. And, and I say that because he needs to get right health-wise. He needs to get right mentally. Once those two things happen, um, then that's when the Colts need to do their part, draft some guys, build some guys, build around him, and that's when I think he'll be able to take off now. Obviously, having the the right coach is is also what you need, but we don't know if if I mean you could have um, I mean you could have Bill Belichick over there in Indianapolis, but if if Andrew Luck isn't right health wise, it's not going to matter. So that that's my take on it. But um, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but that's that's how I feel. What I find interesting about Andrew Luck, and I didn't get time to look at how many years he's been in the league and his contract situation. I mean, if you're the Colts, you look at it one or two ways. Let's say he comes back and has the year you've been hoping for. Now you got a decision to make. Do you stick with him? He's got some years, depending on how he is. Or do you use him to trade to build your team bigger and better? If you don't have enough pieces to uh, support Andrew Luck, can you use him to build your team if he has success? He's had a few years now, and he has been injured. I mean, I don't think they're Mm -hmm. there yet, but that did pop into my mind. Yeah, you know, I think everybody but Andrew Luck uh, is tradable, in my opinion. 
Uh, that includes mm-hmm. a guy like a T.Y. Hilton, a guy like, uh, um, you know, actually, you know, he's he's really the only piece that they have offensively. So I think I think they should consider trading him uh, if if they can get something good in return. You know, if they can't get anything sure. more than a second round pick, if they can't get at least a second round pick, then I think I think he might as well just keep the kid. But mm-hmm. um, to me, I think in that aspect, I think you have to rebuild to build around Andrew Luck because that's your really your only hope. I mean, you look at the rest of the division. Uh, and, you know, you being an AFC guy, I know you're very familiar with what's going on in the AFC South. Uh, but, you know, you look at Houston. They've got an up-and-coming team with the Deshaun Watson. you got Jacksonville, who was just in the a- AFC Championship game. And, you know, it remains to be seen if that was a fluke or, you know, if this team is for real. And then you also have the Tennessee Titans, who, um, you know, who I picked win the division this past year. Uh, I did too. They, I mean, they made the postseason. They made the postseason, but uh, you know, I thought I thought they were going to take the division running away with it. So in, mm-hmm. in reality, um, you know, all three of those. You look at the, those three teams um, right now. They're, I mean, Indianapolis is behind. Um, yep. You know, uh, as far as quarterbacks are concerned, I mean, you can. You can argue that uh, the Colts have, you know, the second, maybe third best one out of those four teams. And, um, you know, so as long as you have that building block in, in an Andrew Luck, as long as he's right health-wise, um, I mean, I, th- I think the Colts can bounce right back. They just have to draft well and, and make sure that Andrew Luck is, is good health-wise. Yeah, it's so it's, a, it's unbelievable. You're one or two moves away from having three great teams in that division, or that division stinks. I mean, it's just that close. Good point. They yep. could go right. either or. <laughs> Good point. That, that that whole division at the quarterback position, it, you want to talk about four teams that are heavily dependent upon a uh, franchise quarterback. Every single one of those teams are very much dependent upon it if they're going to make a play for it. But in that division, though, you know, you got Indianapolis, Jacksonville, you know, Tennessee. You know, those three teams are the ones that are going to be contending for the playoffs next year. And the one that's left high and out, you know, you you got to, you know, you know, Jacksonville. Everybody's everybody's living on this Jacksonville road, and you know, you know, I don't know. They've got a problem. Houston, they've got a quarterback problem. They, they're not going to start the season off with Deshaun Watson, are they, Cuervo? Hey, who's cooking? <laughs> oh, I'm well, sorry. I'm stuck at work for 12 hours. I just made a pot of coffee. Oh, oh that's you. Okay. <laughs> I, I put it on you because I was just grinding beans. I Got grind it. my own that's beans good. at work. Got sorry it. about Very that. Very good. <laughs> so... I mean, Cuervo, you talk you talk about four teams in, in the in the AFC South that are so dependent on having that quarterback, um, either that or you you are you're done. There's there's no in between, at least in this division. You've got other teams that have backup quarterbacks that can get you there, but man, when you think of backup quarterbacks, you don't. I mean, right now, what happens? I mean, Jacksonville, 
they they got lucky. They got they got to the playoffs with a backup quarterback. Yeah, I just said it. Um, and Deshaun Watson, he's gone. Andrew Luck is where he's at. And then you, you got the deal with um, over there in Tennessee. If you if you lose your starter, boy, you're in a lot of trouble in the AFC South. And and, and that's only been proven for the last two years because the quarterbacks have not been able to stay healthy in this division. I I, I don't know if you, if you're an up and coming quarterback and you're going to get drafted, you might not want to go to the AFC South because you seem to get beat up or you can't play. Um, so it, it, it's tough for for that whole division, but. Uh, I don't know. I mean, do you see Indian? Uh, seriously, though, you know, the Frank Reich, you know, higher and everything, I, you know, for the quarterback whisperer, great. But what about the rest of this football team? What about the rest of your coaching staff? You know, you've got to at least be able to bring something to the table as well because when you look at Houston, you've got a guy that can play quarterback, but they got a halfway decent defense a lot. Jacksonville, that's all they got is defense. Tennessee, they their defense is up and coming. So you can look at the Indianapolis Colts and talk all day about the quarterback position, but what the hell are you going to do on the defensive side of the ball where, you, you're, in reality, you're a strainer on the defensive side of the ball. Everything gets by you if you're liquid. That's what's going on in Indianapolis. They need a quarterback, a quarterback coach, yeah, but they need someone to stop somebody on the defensive side of the ball or it's going to be a long year for them, Cuervo. Yeah, no, they they do, Sonny. I mean, that, and that's the thing that has always hindered the Indianapolis Colts is is lack of defense. I mean, even the year that mm-hmm. they, you know, believe my, they, yeah. Let me try that again. Even the year that they beat my beloved Chicago Bears in the Super Bowl in two thousand seven, uh, their defense was one of the, well, statistically one of the worst in NFL history for a Super Bowl champion. So mm-hmm. um, it's uh, it's always been something that just the Colts have never been good at evaluating evaluating talent with or just not drafting well is, is a defense. I mean, the, the offense has always been superb. Uh, it's just uh, whenever it's not, it's because of injuries. And that's what you've had with Andrew Luck is, is you know, an injury – uh, uh, ridden Andrew Luck, and uh, you know, no running game to help him out. So it's 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 almost like you know, I don't know about you guys. To me, it feels like the Indianapolis Colts have not changed. They have been the same identi- like identity wise. They've been the same team since Peyton Manning was a rookie. I mean, yeah. it, it's you know, uh, 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 pat, no pass heavy. You know, it, it, it really has. Lack of defense. Uh, you know, run the ball just enough to keep the keep the offense balanced. Right. So, it really, to me, it feels like since 1999, 2000, 2001, however you want to call it, they've been the same team since then. Yeah. Just with different players. I haven't seen much at all. I haven't seen much of a change. You're right, Cuervo. It's, it's something that has been consistent, too. I mean, consistently not good on the defensive side of the ball. So that one is all set and ready to go. I, I don't know. Um, but we are where we are. Uh, you know, we, we talked about Josh McDaniels now. Josh McDaniels not taking the job. You know, and you want to talk, you know, there's a lot of, 
a lot of things being talked about, you know, whether or not, you know, according to everything that you read, if you believe what you read, of course, they're going to go ahead and bring back the head coach again for one more year. But, you know, you cannot tell me that Josh McDaniels going back to the Patriot wasn't because there would be a promise that he'd be the head coach within the next two seasons, if not next season, or the year after next season. So, in reality, you know, I think he, I think in reality, you've got Josh McDaniels played the Patriots like a fiddle to get more money and put himself in the position to be the head coach of that football team. And you can't tell me differently, although they're saying everything right in the media, Cuervo. Honestly, Sonny, uh, and I, I know this, we haven't spoke. This is the first show we've had in two weeks since the since yes. Super Bowl Sunday. Yep. In my opinion. In my opinion, this is Robert Kraft sticking it to the Indianapolis Colts. And well, why would he want to do that? Well, for those who have short-term memory, Deflategate. You guys remember that, right? Yep. The, the Colts. Yeah. The Colts were the ones that accused the New England Patriots of deflating the balls and all that stuff, and. So I'm sure in Robert Kraft's mind, he's like, well, any chance I get, I'm going to stick it to the Indianapolis Colts. And this was one of the opportunities, and he did it. So um, now I don't know what what Mr. Kraft said to Josh McDaniels to persuade him to stay in Indianapolis. Well, boy, whatever it was, he he better keep his word because – that's going to be a bad look on him if he promised all kinds of things to Josh McDaniels, including being the heir apparent to Bill Belichick, and he doesn't deliver. Yeah, that that's just right. going to be a bad look on him if if he doesn't uh, live up to uh, his word with Josh McDaniels. Because I mean, McDaniels can just up and leave anytime he if he wants to. Uh, uh, I mean, that's just the, that's the way the business goes now. I mean, being under contract and all that stuff, it's almost like it doesn't matter anymore because you see you you see guys leaving left and right nowadays and you know breaking contracts and especially in the college world, but even in the NFL it happens. So, um, like I said, I mean, to me, it, it, I, I don't think I kind of feel like Josh McDaniels kind of wanted that job. Uh, but then Robert Kraft came in last minute with a, with an offer he couldn't refuse, and um, you know he, I don't know if it was a bite uh, on the bait, uh, but we'll see we'll see what happens in the future with uh, with that whole situation. All I know is that that that's my theory on it, Sonny. Is that uh, you know that was Robert Kraft sticking it to. Uh, no, I can't think of the owner of the Colts, Jim Mersey, the owner of the Colts. You know, uh, so you're for, saying uh, the meme? Are you saying the meme of Bill Belichick with the with the fishing pole and the fishing hat on, with with uh, with Josh McDaniel on the hook, and he just pulls it back? Is that what you were saying right there? I mean, because that meme was very famous. If I know, it's got to be famous because I don't I don't look at memes every <laughs> single day. But I remember that yeah. one. I, yeah, and so so you're saying that that's exactly what's oh, going on. They're pulling oh, it back and teasing them. Only, only this time, Mr. Kraft was the one holding the fishing pole, not not Bill Belichick. 
Got it. Got it. Got it. Interesting. Uh, interesting. Uh, I don't know where you think of the theory there, uh, Steele. Uh, I mean, the whole situation with that. What, what do you think? How, how do you think that plays out? I wouldn't change a thing on his theory. The only thing I would slip in the middle is who's holding the line to make sure it stays on is your buddy, the GOAT, because he had to have some say-so in this, Brady. Wow. You know, I didn't even think about Tom yeah, Brady. You know, the whole I'll, thing. I'll buy that. I, th- I, think there's, I think there's a lot to that. And I you notice no Brady. one's mentioned it. I, I think no one's mentioned it because, your scenario, Cuervo, is exactly what I believe happened, and I believe that's what they want to perceive. But I think it's a – and I don't know for sure. I'm guessing, but he had to have some say-so in it. If he wants to play, that Super Bowl wrecked more egos than it did anything else in the wingless. And that's why they I, all you, want to come back and do it again. And they you, can't lose all Do you honestly pieces. believe that? I, I, maybe yep. it's me. I mean, maybe, maybe it's because yeah, I'm lazy. I, I, you know, I, maybe it's because I'm lazy in my thinking. But I'll tell you, you make it to eight Super Bowls, you've done something. I mean, to me, I, I mean, uh, I, no, I don't not think necessarily. You have anything to prove. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. Recently, after that Super Bowl, a few of the so-called experts on these talk shows on ESPN and Fox, I'll listen to them because you know the, the Stooges aren't on, so I'll watch them the same thing but they brought up a good point about Brady and let's face it the last two Super Bowl wins he had really wasn't about him it was about the Falcons blowing an easy lead and the Seattle Seahawks being stupid let's be honest if you take away at least one of them you know he's five and three in the Super Bowl he got the eight that's to me that's impressive sixth round pick out of Michigan I knew who he was before he got to the Patriots and and I'm impressed with him. Don't get me wrong. Can you call him a goat now? If he would have lost his other ones, he's almost 500 in the Super Bowl. No, maybe you can't. Michael Jordan's ah. a goat. Maybe Joe Montana's a goat. He didn't need field goals and the other team to get intercepts on the one yard line to win. I mean, these are arguments other people are making. When I listen to them. I would never take anything away from Brady. To me, he's probably the greatest quarterback I've ever seen in my lifetime. But is he the greatest of all time? All time. All time. And and I'm going to give you the reason why. And this is really simple. And and I know there's arguments on the other side. Don't get me wrong. So, before, I I know the arguments on the other side. But here's the thing. You you look at Joe Montana, which is a GOAT, without question. Super Bowl four times, guess how many rings he's got? He's got four, all right? So you can't deny that. But what about the rest of his career? Seriously. And I'm not putting it down, but, you know, Joe Montana didn't make it to eight Super Bowls. Hell, I don't know, I mean, how many AFC championships Tom Brady's been, how many NFC championship or AFC championships has Joe Montana been in? Okay, listen, you can't count out the, the conference championships. Okay, you you just can't. Or even getting to them. I mean, I look at that. I mean, you get into the playoffs, Joe Montana is great. He's made it to four Super Bowl. And I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but Tom Brady blows them out of the water with AFC championships, getting to the AFC championship games. You know, so he blows them out. And you just can't say, well, you know, they didn't make the Super Bowl, he's no good. 
you got to include the championship games and things of that sort, or at least getting to the AFC championship or NFC championship, depending on what division you're or uh, conference you're playing in. Those are important too. Tom Brady blows this guy out of the water when it comes to that. Now, it, you know, you say whatever you want. Joe Montana's a goat, but Tom Brady blows him out of the water when it comes to those. So that's the way I look at it because it's still you got to have that talent regardless, whatever it is. Yeah, and, and during the years you're going to buy some breaks, whether it be a, a you know a interception on the one yard line or an AFC uh, or an NFC Atlanta Falcons, you know, uh, you know, you know, complete. This member, you know, playing playing not to win, playing prevent defense against the best offensive team in the league. You know, we, we can go on and on, but you go through all of those. You go through the playoffs. You go to getting to the playoffs. As much as I love Joe Montana, Brady blows him out of the water. It's not even close, by the way, guys, just let you know. So, you know, that that's where I define the greatness. you got to be able to get to the game. He's been there eight times. AFC Championship teams, at least winning them eight times and getting to them, how many did they lose when they got there? So, you know, the, the progress is there, and Joe Montana is great. Joe Montana is a GOAT, but a GOAT of all time, you got to win some other football games as well, at least in my eyes. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but I look at it that way. So rip me up on my, on my theory, which I don't mind because I actually love talking to this stuff. Well, Clover, you going on me? <laughs> no, Sonny. I mean, yeah, you bring up a lot of good points. Um, you know, before before this game, well, before the game two weeks ago, you know, there was talk about if he wins number six, is he the greatest? Um, you know, American sports athlete of all time, which I laughed at, of course. I mean, being from Chicago, um, I laughed at that. Uh, yeah. But um, sure. But you know, I mean, there there are there are a lot of good um, points to Tom Brady. You know, first of all, um, the biggest thing that I look at is the way he composes himself under pressure. You know, a lot of guys, you know, they they talk about, you know, you, you can get to the big games so many times, or you can you can get in those moments so many times. Uh, but can you deliver? And, and, and Tom Brady has delivered more than he hasn't. So, to me, that's, that's one of the biggest things I look at is just the way he conducts himself in the moment. Um, the next thing I look at is what he's worked with. I mean, aside from Randy Moss, who's the Who best receiver that he's worked with in his career? Wes Wilker? I mean, that, that, I mean how many Pro Bowls did he make? Uh, you know, I mean, Gronk, yeah, you you could throw Gronk. Gronk and Moss are hands down the two best guys he's ever had. He's had the privilege of throwing the football to. Um, when you look at the other guys, uh, you know, Jerry Wright or, uh, you know, Joe Montana, um, you know, had the greatest receiver of all time. Um even, I mean, in, 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 in Steel City, I'm sure you'll appreciate this. A lot of guys don't talk about Terry Bradshaw. I mean, he went 4-0 and in Super Bowl. He also had Good Lance point. Swan and Lance, uh, Lance, Lance Stallworth. Is that his name? Um, John. I mean, John Stallworth, yeah. Yeah. Okay, John Stallworth. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, this is a little bit before my time. But, um, but you know, I mean, 
you know, those are those were. I, I know Lynn Swan is is a Hall of Fame All Pro receiver. I don't know how good of a career Stallworth had, but I do know Great. that he was. You know, he was a, a, a the you know the undoubted number two guy, and then he also had a Franco Harris to help him in the backfield. So, um, uh, you know, a lot of guy, a guy that a lot of people forget about too is is a guy like a Johnny Unitas, who who really was the one that started. Uh, you know, the the evolution of the passing game. I mean, he wasn't the first one to do it, but he's the one that really took it to the next level, uh, and then it just kind of took it took off from there. So, um, you know, that that's another guy that I think a lot of people forget about. Um, I don't know. If he, I don't think he ever won a Super Bowl though. That's the only knock on him. But I think he also played before the Super Bowl was a thing. So, uh, I don't know if he won NFL championships. Um, but uh, I know a lot of people talk about Johnny Unitas as well. Uh, so Super Bowl, but, you know, I mean, it, the Colts, the Colts. Uh, I'm sorry, Super Bowl five. The Colts won on a field goal. Jim O'Brien, I believe Unitas right. was on that team. He was okay. So they did no, win one. Not a, no, no, not in Super Bowl five. I don't think Johnny Unitas played in the Super Bowl era. It might be a, a NFL yeah, championship. Yeah, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He did. Yes, he did. Okay, Absolutely. I'll think I, I missed it. Yep, and of course, I, you know, there you go. I wasn't born yet, or I was just getting born in reality. So Super I was Bowl only three. two or three. Well, I, well, when my my age is the exact age of the Super Bowl, so I was born when the first Super Bowl was getting ready to happen. So I was you know young, my age one year younger. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Super Bowl three was the famous. We'll guarantee we're going to win when the Jets beat the Colts. And then Super okay. Bowl five was when Jim O'Brien kicked the last second field goal and beat the Cowboys. And I believe Unitas was on that team, but at towards the end of his career. I'm almost positive. Got it. Okay. Good stuff. Right. Good stuff. And the reason I know I... that, you'll love this. I work with his nephew here at U.S. Steel, Johnny Unitas. Oh, there you nephew. go. Awesome. Oh wow! Jeez, he's from Pittsburgh. Johnny <laughs> Nice is from here. So, definitely. So, I, and by the way, just to let everybody know, you know, just looking at some of the numbers, okay. And, and I don't. There, there's an old saying: you can look at numbers all day, but you got to watch the damn game. But that having also been said, Pittsburgh Steelers, of course, Steel City Storm, um, they've appeared in most championship games ever with 16, San Francisco with 15, Dallas Cowboys, New England Patriots at 14. So that's kind of the numbers. Now, where, where, who was where and everything else, you know, you're looking at the Patriots and what they have done eight times with, with, uh, with Tom Brady at the quarterback position you know, and you say whatever you want, five and three, that's not the worst record in championship games. And Joe Montana, just let everybody know, Joe Montana, seven uh, appearances, only winning four. So there you go. So there's there's your difference. You're looking at some other different type of numbers. If you got it, if you're gonna call. If you're gonna call Joe Montana, go. You gotta call Tom Brady a go. And not only that, you know. Looking at those numbers, yeah, and I know the game has changed over the years. I mean, look look at what Montana did with Jerry Rice, and, and, and Jerry Rice 
would have so many more yards if he if he could play the game today than he did in the day because you can't touch a wide receiver anymore. Um, Jerry Rice would have made out like big, so maybe it would have been different with uh, Montana. So it, it's also about eras as well, and I get that. That's one of the arguments against him being uh, the greatest of all times. But at the same time, this guy has adapted his game to or, in order to play in that way as well, too. So Now, granted, one thing that Tom Brady is great at, guys, and I don't know if you'll agree with me or not, when the game is on the line, this guy's going to go deep. Either one, th- one of two things are going to happen. Someone's going to catch the damn ball, or they're going to get a defensive call because that's the way the game is played. And I don't see that as lucky. I see that as strategy of the game. And Tom Br- and he did it. They did it in that game in the Super Bowl when they were trying to go deep down the field. I don't even think Brady thought that guy would catch him, but sure enough, there was a defensive flag, and he's done that a lot as well. So understanding the game and where you are in the game in order to get those, he did it against Atlanta too. So, you know, it's about a guy who knows the game and he knows the odds. You throw that ball deep down the field, I'll tell you right now, a lot of times he's going to get that defensive flag, put him in field goal position or put him in a position to get into the end zone and win a football game. There, there's a lot. And not, there are not, believe it or not, there are not a lot of quarterbacks that recognize the situation that they're in and feel confident enough to do it. And Tom Brady does that too. Big Ben did, but the tight end caught the touchdown. They called it incomplete. I had to put that <laughs> in. I'm go. still not over it. I'm still not over it. I'm trying. Your I'm heart is therapy. broken. I'm not I know. Over it. I... You got to give me time here. <laughs> you might have to give me until next year. I get it. I understand. So, but, wow. Now, in, in of... fairness to your GOAT, in fairness to him, I would never compare him to a Bradshaw, especially him just because of the errors. And yes. in defense to Tom Brady, where Bradshaw called his own plays. Um, and if you look at Bradshaw, those Super Bowl years, if you go back and look at the first two, he didn't throw the ball very much. No. It was defense and running games. Franco Harris, Rocky oh. Blyer, and that steel curtain, that's really all it was. Lynn Swan right. didn't have a single catch in Super Bowl nine. Yep. And then Super Bowl ten, he's the MVP. You know, and but it's a different era, different altogether. I the Philadelphia Eagles that just won are so big and fast, they may manhandle the seventy Steelers, if you really look mm-hmm. at it. But I try to judge them on their time period. Now I look at New England and I compare the competition the Steelers had, we can just name it's an NFL commercial, Doomsday Defense, the Purple People, the Seventy Raiders. I believe yep. the Steelers had greater competition. But that doesn't slight Tom Brady in anything he does. And I look at the AFC East. If you go back and look at all the conferences, AFC East, North, South, from the time Brady come to this league till now, he plays in the worst one. Does that mean he's less than quarterback? Absolutely not. But does his road go to the AFC Championship in New England a lot easier? Absolutely does. But it does, I'm not taking anything away from him, but it's unfair to especially towards Brady, to judge him on certain things. But that's the environment we're in now. That's the NFL we're in now. And then, like you said, throwing the ball up, and if you breathe on him, it's going to be a flag or whatever. Thank you, Mel Blunt. Terry Bradshaw didn't have that back in those days. Back in those days, they manhandled and mauled the receivers. And still Bradshaw threw for 300 yards against the Cowboys in Super Bowl 13. I mean, they changed the rules. And that's when passing come on, you know. I mean, it's 
it is different. It's hard to judge them. It's fun to do it, but I don't want to it criticize is. one over the other. I would never want to yeah. do that to your goat, your boy. Yeah, and and and, and let's let's be honest. He may be in that wonderful weak division that is known as the AFC least. Um, Thank you. He still has to he still has to get past the AFC North and the Steelers. He still has to get past the AFC West if they decide to get a football team out there that can that can uh, compare. And the South, they just need to have someone step up. Um, so and they, at least they did. At least you got to give the Jaguar. I got to give my Jaguars a little credit. I'm very critical of the Jaguars, but at least they gave them a run for the money this year. So it wasn't just like the cakewalk that they're normally used to doing as well. So it's something to kind of look at on that as well. So, but yeah, it, it it is what it is. So, but here we are. We are in the uh, second hour of the Couch Potato Sports Show as the High and Tight Late Show. That's what I'm going to start calling this show when we go out there. Um, it, we're kicking it off a little bit late, but it's been fun. We got another hour that we're going to blow through here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back. We'll talk a little bit more about the NFL, the things that we have not been able to talk about for the last few weeks. We'll cover all that when we get back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. You're listening to that being said. Our Sunday morning tradition rolls on. We'll be right back. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Perfection Body Sculpting. Are you tired of seeing those love handles? Or do you just want to change your own image of yourself for a new you? Make sure you check into Perfection Body Sculpting, located in the heart of Rowlett. A $69 consultation includes a 30-minute session of Laser Lipo. So start the New Year's off with a new amazing special from Perfection Body Sculpting. And remember, your goals are our highest priority. Contact 214-735-8519 or visit them on the web at www.perfectionsbodysculpt.com. never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslow Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett or check them out on the web at coslowinsurance.com where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? 
the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. With over 50 combined years of knowledge and experience in sports performance and athletic training, our coaches understand exactly what it takes to achieve your goals and excel at the next level. Contact Melvin Bullen at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. The prospect of retirement can be exciting and scary at the same time. At Nest Egg Wealth Advisors, we have found many people either approaching or currently in retirement fail to truly maximize some of the benefits offered to them, primarily Social Security. What is it? How does it work? It's simply not a benefit that you start receiving at age 62. Because these decisions are so important, my firm has assembled an informational packet on Social Security. If you would like a complimentary copy of Social Security Maximization, please give our office a call today at 972-412-6064 or visit us on the web at nesteggadvice.com. Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors. Proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Continuing, let's find out where that's coming from. Not from there. Maybe it's just the noise. All right, we are back here again. We have Steel City Storm online with us here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, as well as the fine co-host of this program. That is Cuervo. Let's take a look at some of the things that have been going on, some of the things that we haven't had a talk, the chance to talk about. Uh, within the last couple of weeks, there's been a lot of LeBron James talk and a lot of things as far as that's concerned. And I'm telling you right now, Stephen A. Smith, I love you, man, but you got to stay on my archives, dude, because he just comes out and says exactly what I said not one week ago, not two weeks ago, but three weeks ago. Why do the, Gold, why do the Golden State Warriors need LeBron James? Listen, go back three weeks in this show and you can hear me rant on it. And then Stephen A. comes out like he owns it. Folks, 
he, he hangs out in our thing, but that haven't been said. A lot of talk about LeBron James. A lot of talk now, as recent as the Cavaliers make a couple of moves, then all of a sudden they're winning basketball games against Cuervo. One of the things when you get you know a change, sometimes things change for the better. But do you expect it to continue to see where the Cavaliers are now compared to where they're going to be for the rest of the season? Obviously, we got the uh, the All Star game. I think today, if I, unless it was last night, I just don't pay attention to that in reality. But as far as what we're seeing in the Cavaliers within the last week, a little bit of a turnaround. Do you expect it to continue? To an extent, yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to be a complete 180 uh, from what they were prior to the, you know, 10 trades that they made at the deadline. Uh, but but I do think, you know, there's good change coming for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think they'll find a way. It's not going to be hard. It's probably going to take a game seven in the East Finals, but I think they'll find a way to get back to the Finals. Um, they won't have much of a chance against Golden State, but they'll get back, I believe. I I, I don't think so. I, I'm just wondering. Uh, and, and obviously, when you talk about sports, and one of the things when you got a guy that you just dislike, you just want to see him fall on their face. I don't think I'm any different than anybody else. And, of course, it, it's because of the ego factor. And one of the biggest things when we talk about why why is LeBron hated so much, well, it's because of his ego. You can talk about anything else, but this guy has got to have his ego stroked every time he shows up and starts talking. Now, I'm not going to get into his political statements that he made that everybody's talking about. Because if you're going to LeBron James for your political views, I will tell you that you are definitely misguided and you need to find somebody else. That having been said, when you look at it, Steele, LeBron James, what he's all about and what he is, can you look at his ego and can you not hope for the guy to fall on his face? Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm just a a LeBron hater. But every time this guy does it, you know, fulfill what he's doing, I just breathe a sigh of relief. Yeah, and that's the perception he gives a lot of people. And, I mean, he's a classic example of how success can make or break you. Um, When he's handing out political views, I mean, you are the host of the show and you put it delicately. I'm just a guest. If you listen to LeBron James, you're an idiot. You're an idiot (laughs) if you listen to this guy on political views. There, I yes. said it. Um, yeah, yes. he's just yes. a basketball player. People get paid a lot of money because he's better than me. Fine. Yes. But I don't care what he thinks about political. Just go play basketball. I don't care what you think otherwise. And a lot of people, and this lady came out and said it on her talk show, and she's getting ripped right and left. But I think most of the Americans, you know, think the same way that she does. Now, they're thinking, obviously, you know, whenever there's anything said, there, there, there's some you know people thinking there's a little bit of race behind it. I don't care if it was Bill Lambeer. I don't care what Bill Lambeer's you know political uh, views are. Larry Bird don't care. Um, I want to know about basketball. Stick to what you do best. That's almost like in reality. If you listen to this show a lot, one of my favorite songs I play a lot is Stranglehold. And you know who does Strangle has? Ted Nugent. Listen, Ted, I love you. I love Stranglehold, but I don't want to. I don't want to hear your views on gun control. Don't care. I mean, I want to listen to people who have knowledge about it. And yes, Sonny. Yes, I know his background. I know what it is. But stick to what you do best. And 
you know, when it comes to gun control, sorry, I don't want to listen to Ted Nugent. I want to listen to people who know the facts. I want to listen to people who are in it all the time, not just a part-timer coming out of it. Now, that hasn't been said, Cuervo. There is actually a reason why I'm not watching the All-Star game, and it's really simple. The NFL did it, and they screwed it up. And they're doing the same thing in the NBA, okay? Instead of having the NFC against the AFC like in traditional, they put somebody in charge of picking players. Now here we are doing the same thing in the NBA and making the egos of the head of LeBron James and even to a certain extent uh, Stephen Curry, although he's kind of a class act in my personal opinion. But don't give him a reason why to get a bigger head. This is a big mistake where, well, I, I, you know, letting LeBron James pick a team. It's, it's just stupid. <laughs> I hear you, Sonny. Um, you know, but I think I think the NFL realized the mistake they made. Yeah, uh, especially they, they were, and and they were they weren't using active players either. That's the thing that that kind of had me wondering, scratching my head. Like they used, you know, Hall of Fame guys like Michael Irvin and Dion and Jerry Rice to to put these teams together. Yeah, sure. and. Um, you know, I mean, and the, I think, the Pro Bowl is a joke anyway, but, you know, and all, you know it the is. All-Star game is a joke. It, well, the All-Star, the All-Star game is a joke today. You go back in the early 90s and 80s and 70s and 60s, this was a serious game. And it's no longer a serious game anymore. So also one of the reasons why I don't watch it. Well, yeah, I mean, all you're going to see now is a bunch of threes and alley-oops and, you know, no defense. So that's what you're going to get with the uh, all-star game nowadays. But, um, yeah, like I said, the NFL realized the mistake they made, and they went back to the traditional NFC versus AFC. Um, Thank God. I actually you know, I don't know. I don't know, if, I don't know if the NBA is going to go back to East versus West, um, but uh, I really don't care for the game just because of the lack of defense and, and just the – I don't know, it bores me. I'm sorry, it does. Yes. It bores me. Yep. You know, a lot of people a lot of people are like, How the hell how can alley oops and, and seeing threes and all that stuff bore me? 'Cause I like to see I like to see competitiveness and when and when yep. you let guys just do what they will, uh with no defense or no you know, you're not putting up a competitive uh stance, to me that's it's boring. It's yawn. Uh, so. Let's yawn all together now. Let's yawn. I agree. So, I don't know. That's why it doesn't interest me at all. But, um, you know, everyone's different. Definitely. Now, talking a little bit of NBA, I'll shoot this over to Steel. Thanks, by the way. Thanks for joining us and hang around with us for a while. We got the situation. We haven't had a chance to talk about it the last couple of weeks. We weren't on last week, but now we got – um, the deal with going on with the Lakers, you got you you got Levar Ball, you know, doing what he does, and then his daddy and are you know saying now um, it, the Lakers don't bring his son onto the Lakers, then he, uh, his other son, who's a current Laker, won't be a Laker. I mean, I, 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 all of a sudden this guy's become a I, I don't know. I, I just don't know where this guy comes from and. And I don't understand why people are putting a mic in this guy's face. He is really completely and utterly not just necessarily boring me, but he also makes me want to bitch slap him. I'm sorry, he does. I, you know, 
and I, I, I want to know how come this guy has become an authority in the NBA and players and things of that sort. Because the people in charge are weak. I always blame management in this. You could go to any workplace scenario and paint this picture wherever you work. You have your workers and then you have your management. The people that set the rules. This guy's walking around doing it because the management won't put him in his place. They're afraid to. It's politically incorrect. You'll get accused of this. You'll get accused of that. I swear when this story come out, sound like some little, a political little league you see in a neighborhood somewhere where the coach's kid is the worst player in the team's pitching and playing batting first. I think yeah. this is, it, that is exactly what it reminded me of. Nobody wants to say anything because they're afraid of being accused of be calling this, of being calling that. Name it, they'll be called it. They're afraid of losing their job. That's why. That's yeah. my opinion. I, yeah, I guess you got to pay the bills, and sometimes you're going to shut up about it. But, man, oh, man, LeVar Ball, you know, this guy, he is an imbecile. And that is, you know, I think if you look up the word imbecile in the dictionary, you'll see his picture next to it. I swear. He is the guy that puts it in. And you're right. You talk about, you know, parents being so involved with the, with the game, you know, and Lonzo, I, I feel sorry for Lonzo Ball. Now, granted, Lonzo ain't ne- never going to say anything bad about his dad because, let's be honest, the only reason why this guy got picked number two is because of his daddy's big mouth. So, I, I you know, I, I get why Lonzo isn't saying anything because, let's be honest, Lonzo Ball being the number two pick in the NBA draft is the biggest joke I've seen in the draft for a long time since they brought in the, the ping pong balls. That's how bad that pick was. That having been said, Lonzo is developing into a halfway decent player, not number two worthy, but not, but good enough. But now you got to bring in his little brother if you want to keep him a Laker. I, I'll tell you right now, Magic Johnson made the biggest mistake in the world, two of them. Number one is drafting Lonzo Ball in the first place. Then number two, at the, the second mistake he made is after he drafted him, he didn't let, sign or, or give a check to LeVar Ball for $7 million and say, shut up. That's the problem that happened here. And, you know, Patrick Johnson don't make a lot of mistakes, but those are two of them, whether signing them in the first place or not paying off LeVar Ball and saying, hey, can you shut your mouth for our sake, please? And, and, and LeVar Ball would have took the money, and he would have shut his mouth. Um, but instead, we get LeVar Ball every – it seems like every other day, Cuervo, and you want to talk about a yawn fest, listen to this guy, makes me want to take a nap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of people want to take naps, Sonny. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, <clears throat> I, I think that uh, when I heard that as far as, like, you know, it, it, it's almost like he's telling them it's a package deal. Well, you know what? Then I, I'm not interested in the package deal. Then I guess, you know, Lonzo's going to be going to another team uh, when his con- when his rookie contract is up. So, How long is that, by the way, Corver? Do you know? It's got to be, I would think, three years. No, four years. Four, probably. Um, but um, I have no interest if that's, if that's how it's going to be. Um, I think, I just think he's way in over his head. And, you know, he doesn't know when to stop uh, talking about dad. Dad does not know when to stop, and it just kind of just makes makes you wonder like how many, how much more is he going to cost? Not just not just this one kid, but all of his kids, his family. How much money is he going to cost them 
because, you know, he wants to go against the green and he thinks he's different and and wants to try and prove a point that, you know, to not do what everybody else does. Well, you can try that if you want to, uh, but there's probably a reason why most people don't do things a certain way, probably because it doesn't work. So, uh, unfortunately, some people learn the hard way, Sonny. And, and for, for this guy, that, that's, that's what I foresee happening. Yeah, and by the way, I just found out and just read that. Hey, hey I'll, get, I'll give Lonzo Ball a little credit. He's kind of smart. He bought a condominium in the Ritz-Carlton. You know, only, and, and I, I say this, he only paid $1.6 you know, for, uh, for the condo. So I, I, I got to give the guy a little credit. At least he's smart enough to go out and get some, get some property. Um, it, but at the same time, you know, you, you look at it, uh, he's reportedly going to earn $33 million over the uh, first four seasons of his rookie contract. So, you know, $1.6 for a nice place to live, okay, he's done pretty well for himself. I'll give him that. But after that, after that four years, I mean, Steele, you're gonna if you're Magic Johnson, I think you've got a, not just a, a decision to make. This might be a major decision to make because if Lonzo Ball figures out the play, how to play basketball a little bit better than what he is now, they might have to pay the guy. Well, that's the chances you take. Um, you know, he's been through that before as a player now and then in his position. Yeah, I mean – what do you do? This is a great. This is a decision you got to make. Okay, if he gets better, we're going to win. But if we win, he's going to win. He's going to win a lot more than we're going to win. Who's going to make more money here? It's still a business, even though I hate to say it like that. It's still a business. What do you do? I mean, if you think he's going to get better, this I. I mean, this is what I mean. I go back to you know, uh, making trades with Andrew Luck. Okay, this guy's still here. He's going to be good. What do you do? I mean, do you hang on? You know he's going to get better. Okay, we're going to win. But will we lose in the long run because he's going to want all this money and then we're done? I mean, this brings me back to baseball and no salary cap. And uh, right. all this money, you listen to all this money we're talking about. It's, it's just, I don't understand how these guys go broke. I hate to get off the subject, but when we're talking all this money in this conversation, I'm just shaking my head. Yeah, I, I just yeah, well, at least now, the last two years, the money's been ridiculous. It's staggering. It is staggering. So, and, and the Lakers, by the way, Magic it, Johnson. Yeah, uh, yeah, you get what you get, right? Yeah, I understand that. And uh, there's some rumors out there that uh, the Lakers are looking for Paul Pierce. I don't know if the I don't I mean, or, I mean or, or Paul George. I, I apologize. Um, but, man, would that be – I mean, that would be a pickup. And then I'll tell you right now, if they get Paul George, I think the rumors of LeBron James Cuervo becomes even bigger. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you get – if you, I'm going to tell you right now, Paul George might – I mean, that guy's the cream of the crop right there, Cuervo. And then you add LeBron and, and Alonzo. Alonzo will get better as well. By the way – I'll give I'll give Lonzo some credit. That guy can dish the ball. He can find the open man. And if you have Paul George and LeBron James that you can dish the ball to, that could be that that could bring back Showtime of the Lakers because I'm going to tell you right now. I wish Big Dog was here. I, I miss Showtime. I miss the Lakers being competitive and in the running each and every year. 
Well, I mean, the only question I have for that, Sonny, is are they going to be able to afford all that? Um, that's the only concern I would have. Um, I know I know the Lakers made the trade for Isaiah Thomas and all that, and, I, and if I'm not mistaken, I think what I heard was now they have enough money next year to sign two max deals. And if it, I mean, if it's going to be LeBron and Paul George, oh boy, I mean that's that's a force to be reckoned. You know, the only the only problem I see with that is now LeBron is playing with Isaiah Thomas again, and I'm not saying they didn't get along. But it didn't click either with those two. It didn't, look, didn't it click did look together. Good. <laughs> and, yeah, it looked really bad in, in Cleveland. Uh, so, um, you know, I don't know if maybe just doing things different as you know, with the Lakers would would be the answer for it, or do the Lakers part ways with Isaiah Thomas? Like, I'm not sure what the answer would be to if LeBron was to come to LA, uh, but. I still hang my head. I mean, and I know nobody's talking about it, but I still hang my head on. I can still see a possibility where LeBron James winds up in New York City as a New York Knick. Um, I think him and Porzingis together could wind up being a really good thing. Uh, the only problem is I don't know if the Lakers are going to be willing to fork up the money to get a LeBron James. But, I mean, if, if, he, if, if LeBron wants to make a move, to really market himself, L.A. is a great option. Uh, but, I mean, New York is king. Let's, let's be honest. Yeah. New York is king when it comes to marketing. So, um, I, I, I don't rule it out because I still think that there's a lot of opportunity there for LeBron. I mean, it's not the greatest weather during the wintertime, during the season, but is that is that going to – be enough of a factor to where LeBron says, well, I don't, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to sacrifice, you know, the opportunities I have to, for marketing purposes to go to better weather. Like, I don't know. Does, does, is, that, is that a factor? I mean, does weather become a factor when it comes to, you know, being able to market yourself off the court? It's, it's interesting you know, to think about. Yep. And I don't know if anybody, uh, before they did the, uh, the, uh, the, the contest last night, uh, Adam Silver comes out and he says, when we get to the playoffs, we should be taking either the best 16 games, or even if we go eight from the West and eight from the East, seating one through 16, is the way it should be done. He is looking to try to overhaul definitely the playoff picture, and I, you know, I, I'll put it up there. I think I'm right with Adam Silver big time on this one. I don't know how much basketball you get into Steel City, but you know, I, I would love to see that in basketball. Yeah, I always thought that format for all the major sports. I, I mean, hockey right now is doing something so stupid that I wish they would just go back to what you said. I mean, keep it simple. Here's a, okay, who's making a playoff? The, eight, the best eight teams, all right? You're one, you're two, you're three. One plays eight, two plays seven. What's so hard about yeah. that? I think you find out who's the best team. Um, and I think the way that's formatted, the teams that deserve to be there will be there. Um, right. I don't understand why they got If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Why do they continue to do this? Yeah, and by the way, 
I, I'm not into receiving either after the first round. I hate that. I mean, yes. it's, it's it, it, that. In fact, that actually makes me even more mad. Forget the the thing, but you go to receiving after the first seeding just just irks the hell out of me because because you, you see a situation, you get a major upset. Well, now you're going to put them back in there. They could have been, with, you know, with the opportunity to play the lesser of another team. Instead, they're going to have to run into the number two. That's crap. That's not the way tournaments were ever built on. And then all of a sudden, that's what they're turning it around to. So, yeah, I got a huge problem with that one as, as they keep going. But, you know, the NBA, Cuervo, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know what it is. But people are pulling out their wallets for the NBA. And I think I know what it's about, Cuervo. It's almost simple. You look at the NFL, and there's a lot of money in it. There's no question there's a lot of money in it and everything else. But if you look at the NBA and the money that is being generated and all the, you know, TV things and everything else and all that and all this money being thrown at at average players, and they're making multi-million dollars. The reason why the money is coming, Cuervo, I think I know what it is. I think I finally figured it out. The length of a game is not as long as an NFL football team, and they get more people to the games. They get more people to the stadiums, and I think that's the reason why the, that it works out pretty well and the reason why the success is there is because of the length of the game. is what, two hours and 15 minutes anymore? NFL football games are going to four hours. I think that is a huge, a huge reason why we're seeing the influx in money in, in the NBA. Well, and, and this is a small thing too, Sonny. It was something to think about. Um, a lot of NFL games are played outdoors during the winter time. Every NBA game is indoors. Uh, no matter yeah. what the weather is, you'll never, you'll never see uh, any type of delay, which you don't really see it in the NFL either. Uh, but, when bad weather happens, it doesn't matter because it's um, it's an indoor game. So, to me, I think that's a big part of it, too, is, is you don't have to look at the weather and say, oh, oh do we really want to go to this game? Look at, look at I mean, it's going to rain or it's going to snow or it's going to be 20 below or whatever the case may be. But if, there's, if it's an indoor stadium and, you know, the, the heater set at 75 degrees, you're you're more willing to to go out there and watch the game than you are to watch it in you know ten below weather. I'm back. I was screening the call. Sorry about that. By the way, the guy that's uh, that we're screening, I was going to bring you in, but I've been doing this now for nine years. Cuervo. Do you think I can smell a bad call when it's about ready to happen? Sure. Yeah. Every time. So, every time. Yeah. I love every single. Calls. I, I I love them, but this is my ninth. This is my ninth year, young man. That's on from the two hundred three. Which, by the way, you really shouldn't call from a telephone number that shows your full telephone number, which is two hundred three nine five three four eighty two. Um, might want to find something better to do, but I'm not going to bring you in if you want to talk about the worst team in the NBA, like they're the greatest thing in the world. I see that one coming a mile away. So you can hang on and listen, but I'm not going to bring you online. But we're, we're back here. We're at the, you know, moving into, we got about 20 more minutes left to go in the show. There he goes. Yeah, I'm too smart for him. Uh, but we got 20 more minutes left to go in the show, Cuervo. I'm not sure 
We have missed a lot of things that you might want to have talked about something. So I'm going to throw this over to you. Is there something that you want to talk about that we haven't been able to talk about in the last couple of weeks? Oh, boy. Um, well, I know you mentioned baseball not too long ago, Sonny. Um, uh, my, my Cubs make a move. They sign you, Darvish. I don't know. Yes. Uh, I, I'm not. Great move, uh, by the way. Great move. Great move. They I don't need, know. They need I don't know. I think it's good. I don't know, Sonny. I don't know. I, I'm not. Something doesn't seem right. Just kind of like with that call you just screened. It doesn't feel right. So, um, hmm. I don't know. We'll why see would the to, Dodgers commit... let him go? Is that what you're thinking? Or, you know, if he was that good, why would well, the Dodgers too. let him go? Yeah. That, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they just got to the – they were just in the World Series, you know, four months mm-hmm. ago. Like, why would you give up that opportunity to get back to the World Series? Definitely. It, 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 I, I, but I, and I've also, and that's the only reason why I've saw, I've seen Hugh Darvish in the in the thing, as far as up close and personal, right here in Texas before he went over there. But Tim, uh, who listened to the show, very very right about his statement. Injury prone guy. But, you know, guess what the Cubs are known for, Cuervo, when it comes to pitchers? Grabbing up guys that get hurt all the time. All I got to do is mention the word Kerry Wood to you. You know what I'm talking about. You know, all I got to do is Josh Beckett, you know, during the time. Whenever that guy was wasn't, he was supposed to be good, but the guy couldn't be. So this might be the Cubbies' hex that they have. They can't bring in a pitcher that is not injury prone, but they're yet they're going to depend upon him to be the cornerstone as well. Now, granted, Hugh Darvish is not going to be signed for that reason, but at the same time, he does bring some kind of value to your pitching squad, but I'm with you, Cuervo. This one's, I, I mean, initially when you hear the name and you like, I love it initially, but when you inspect what's going on there and what. Hugh Darvish really is, you've got to be careful how much you're going to depend on this guy. He's got to come out of the bullpen because he can't throw the the innings that you expect him to as a starter, I think, anyway. Right. Uh, I don't know. I, I just I just kind of have a that feeling like, you know, it, it, it's, he could underachieve. You know, I mean, he, he gets the big payday that he's been looking for, and now he just kind of – puts it on cruise control. That's what I'm Oh, you mean like that's Bryant? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's the comparison you want to use by all means. That's definitely what I mean. But, um, but that's, yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about. It's just, it's just to me, it just kind of has that feeling of he gets his payday and now it's just kind of like, all right, I'm going to put it on cruise control. That's that's definitely what I'm afraid of. I guess the question would be, and I'll throw this to Steel City Storm, you know, Tim Tebow, will we see him in the in Major League Baseball? I mean, I mean, I would, I wish, and I'm going to go down uh, to Arizona. I'm going to catch a couple of games. I just wish I could see Tim Tebow. The Mets are not over in Arizona. I would love to see, you know, because I'm a big believer. Watch the damn game. I'd like to see the guy up close and personal. Do you think that we'll see Tim Tebow in the um, in the actual Major League Baseball uniform, or will he stay in the minors? Right now, from what I've seen of him, I mean, you can't you got to give him credit. He is a hell of an athlete, and he keeps himself in good shape. Um, but 
that doesn't make you a major, major league baseball player by no means. So give him his time in the minors and see what he does. You know, the only way he's going to get to the major leagues, he's got to earn it. He's not going to be handed anything. These teams don't need to sell tickets to bring a novelty up like him. Not many, but the farm teams do. Um, so I don't know if this is really serious or just sell some tickets down to the spring game. But I, I'll give the guy his due justice. I don't know. He, I don't know enough of his background in the baseball side to know if you can really seriously consider him a pro prospect. But let him figure it out. He plays in the minors and does well, and they want to bring him up. Then he earned his trip. But if he doesn't, then he won't go anywhere. What do you think? What do you think about the Pirates and their their move with McCutcheon and everything else? What What do you think the state of the Pirates are really? When you When you take a look at the Pirates now, I I don't know how much you're into baseball and the Pirates. I would think that you are. What do you What is your take up on the new season upcoming for the Pirates? The Pirates are a classic example as ownership taking advantage of a no salary cap league. If you go to ever had the pleasure of going to PNC Park, it is one of the most gorgeous places to watch a baseball game. And I am not over-exaggerating and being a homer. It is still considered one of the best. And that is the kiss of death with this team. They brought Coles now, Houston Astor, now McCutcheon, who it was unbelievable the message he left the city of Pittsburgh was never goodbye. His wife's from here. His child was born here. He's never leaving here. He said he's just going to be working in San Francisco. It was one of the most heartwarming things you ever hear uh, uh, an athlete give to a city. He said, I come here at 18. I'm leaving at 31. You raised me. I mean, it was really heartfelt and not good for him. No one is bitter about him bettering himself. But let's get back to management. They are making money hands over foot here, and they will not spend the money. Look at the Cubs. Look at the Cardinals. Look uh, look at their spending. How are you going to compete when you just got rid of Cole and McCutcheon? Now, Jay Harrison wants out. How can you blame them? And then they sit there and feed you the same thing. Well, we're going to build within. No, you're not. All those Pirates are are a Class A team farming to the team's with unlimited money, like the Cubs, the Dodgers, the Giants, big cities. But there's no there's, being in a small market city is no excuse. If you had a salary cap in place, these owners would be forced to spend the money. And Mark Cuban said it himself when he attempted to buy the Pirates. He told the city of Pittsburgh, because he's a Pittsburgher, the next Barry Bonds wouldn't get away. It's because these guys are making money. They don't want to win. They want to get the bottom line. And until they get a salary cap in baseball, this is all it's going to be in Pittsburgh. They build a beautiful park so suckers like me can go there and watch mediocre product while they roll in the money. Or watch the other teams as big guys come in and make an impact out on the bay baseball field at the same time. Gone are the days of Willie Stargell and Dave Parker, you know, when, you, when you're talking about, you know, history of the Pirates, of course, during my age, and I loved Will, Willie Stargell and all those guys. It, it, you, don't, you, don't, you don't see a team building like that. You see a team building and just not spending the right amount of money to be 
actually competitive, Cuervo, and in Major League Baseball, if you're not spending money, you're, you're, your only way you're making money is in the concession stand. Right, and, you know, I mean, why would you not spend the money? I mean, you know, like, like we always talk about, there's no, I mean, salary cap is not a thing, so I, I don't know why some teams go the cheap way. I mean, so I, if you're rebuilding, I get it. But uh, but if, if you're not rebuilding and you have things like, like I tell you, Derek Jeter, not off to a hot start down there in Miami. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> not at all because, I mean, he's trying to dismantle this thing when they had they had pieces ready to go. And they decided, no, nah, we don't want them. And, and and you think Marlins fans are tired of seeing that? I mean, after two Super, uh, Super Bowls, after two World Series, they they get rid of their team both times. Uh, this time, they didn't even win the World Series, and they got rid of their team. So, you know, the Marlins fans are like, are we ever are we ever going to assemble a team that's that's worth a piss uh, down here down here in Florida? Uh, if not, then what's the point in even having the franchise? Why why did you even bring the franchise? So, to me, it's just kind of like, uh, I mean, if you're if you're a Marlins fan, I feel for you because, you know, to win a World Series and then to see it just fall apart. It's got to be tough. Definitely, I I I don't know, that, but there's a lot of things that 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 has been going on. There's there's been talk about some of the trades and everything else that I find very interesting. But one of the things that I'll look at, as far as Derek Jeter is concerned, until I see the product, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on my opinion. But man, the moves don't look good. Um, but I, I'm willing to give it a shot. I'm willing it to give it a look, Cuervo. I don't know if that's good, bad, or indifferent, or just Sonny being an idiot. It's probably Sonny being an idiot. But, you know, I, 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 I have so much respect for the guy that played the game that maybe he's just seeing something that I'm not, and I'm going to give him the opportunity. So, you know, I don't know. By the way, did you guys see Albert Bohols lately? Okay, this guy looks like he's dropped around 20 or 30 pounds. This guy looks great. I mean, it, Albert Pujols kind of had, like, you know, kind of had a little fat look. This guy don't have no fat anymore, dude, you know. And, and, and you know, what's coming – let me ask you this, Cuervo. Where do you think I'm going with that? Um, well, I would imagine you're probably – Going with uh, he's going to play for another contract. I don't know. I don't know where you're going, Sonny. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, you're slimming down, getting more muscles, looking really good. You know, usually those kind of things. That it, it, I I got I got to ask the question. I got to be conspiracy couch. I wonder what he's putting in his body because I, I saw a picture of this dude the other day and he looks great. And I'm not going to admit that he's not. But but he looks better. He looks more. Bu- I mean, this guy looks as better as he has in the last five years. You know that he's been playing in Los Angeles. You know for the Angels. This is about the best I've seen him in a long time. So I'm going to put well, it out there. Sonny, I mean, only way is if he starts using an extra extra large helmet or 
a way bigger hat than he normally uses, then then we've got a <laughs> That's problem. That's what they say. That's what they say. Now <laughs> I, I'm just I'm, I'm I'm just going by what he what he's been looking like lately. So you know, a, a, the guy used to have a chubby face. He don't have a chubby face no more either. So you know, it, the guy the guy just looks trim. <laughs> He, he does, and then then I saw uh, a an article about it, and he's looking there. Um, they and they're saying they want him out on the field a little bit more, more than the DH. Thanks, Tim. You're right, um, but at the same time, man, how do you get that fit so quick? You know, so obviously the first thing anybody's talking. Well, the first thing all conspiracy or guys that talk in sports radio is Steel City Storm is how's he getting to look that way. No carbs. Atkins died. I don't know. <laughs> no carbs. No carbs. All salad. It's all salad, baby. All Nothing white. No sugar. No <laughs> pasta. No wheat. No problem. Yeah, give him some carrots. He's all right. I don't know. Yeah, it, it is what it is. You know it, where it's at. I I don't know, but uh, that that one's serious. By the way. Um, Steven Strasburg, I, I, we haven't had time to talk about uh, Strasburg um, because uh, obviously we've been talking football and you know for the last 17 weeks. But Steven Strasburg, uh, you know, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about this guy? Where is he at in his career, Cuervo? And now, granted, we don't talk a lot of Major League Baseball. We're going to try to talk a little bit more this year. But uh, Steven Strasburg, you know. That whole situation with him, where he is in his career, do you expect more from Steven Strasburg? I, I I thought he actually got hurt, and I don't know if he's going to be in the lineup this year. So, I do you know anything about that? Did I lose Cuervo? Or is he on mute? I'm on or mute. Did, <laughs> yes. The famous mute button has struck again. Again. Um, but no, what I, what I was saying, as I realized I was talking to myself, I haven't heard anything about Steven Strasburg, so I'm not – I don't know. I, I Honestly, I have no idea. Yeah. I, yeah and actually, I, I'm just looking at it. They, they say he's ready to go. And, and, guys, I remember when this guy was drafted. I remember what I was doing. I was driving on a back road in Queen Creek, Arizona, at the time when they grabbed this guy up and they was going to be the next big thing and how that, and I, I don't know. I'm disappointed in the Steven Strasburg's career to this point. Uh, still, I mean, he hasn't shown, you know, the everything. I mean, he, he's had glimpses of being as great as he's lived up. Do you think Steven Strasburg has lived up to his hype that he brought in when he first came into the league? When he first came into the league, the game he his first start was against the Pirates, and he struck out like 112 Pirates, and he knows only 27 <laughs> batters. He was like that. He had yes. that many strikeouts. He's he is honestly. You mentioned this guy. He's the Kerry Wood of this generation. This guy Thank has you. so much promise, and he just seems hurt, 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 and he's yes. tremendous. Like he. And he was. It wasn't like he was striking out the 27 Yankees when he beat the Pirates. But, I mean, he did. And and then when they mowed the Pirates down like that, you can look up the line. I mean, he really throttled them pretty good. Um, it's just every time you think, okay, here we go, he gets hurt. Every single yeah. time. 
and and that it's, is too it, bad. It's hard. It's hard to say you would want you want to see it because he's such a great thing. But as time goes on, he gets more injuries. You got to wonder. Okay, is he damaged goods now? Are you ever going to see anything? Will you ever see his potential? Maybe not. And, and I think you're right. You know, it, it, injuries are the things that have been stopping this guy from moving on. Kerry Wood is another is a guy that I've always felt bad being a Cub fan. I mean, and for Cub fans because of the the Kerry Wood situation and where that is. And, and Cuervo, you know about Kerry Wood and his counterpart with two guys that are supposed to be the cornerstone of the uh, pitching staff and not actually being either. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Wood had a, Woody had his two three years uh, window and and it just kind of fizzled away after that. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was, it was good while it lasted, I guess you could say, but, um, I mean, just the, the, the reason that he fell apart like he did is the reason yeah. that a lot of managers manage the way they do with pitchers and they have pitching counts because Dusty Baker, yes, um, good point. you know, in my opinion, and a lot of people are going to disagree with it, but, uh, you know, threw him out there and just used him and abused him until he was like, Hey, I can't, I can't go no more. So, yep. you know, that's, that's what I believe how everything kind of happened. But, uh, Kerry Wood and Mark, Breyer. You know, those, those yeah, two, Mark, you Mark, know, yeah, Mark, mm-hmm. uh, what was it, 2005 Cuervo and four and three, and there might have been another year, but I know of uh, five, four, and three, 2003, you know, it, those two were on the same team, and those guys were supposed to be the cornerstones. And even though they had Zambrano at the time, he wasn't the Zambrano we know. Um, so, it, you know, it is what, you know, I, 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 the Cubs are – they were cursed before they won the championship, and they got the ring, thank goodness, you know. They, you know, and you know what it took? It took a hundred win season for him, Cuervo, to finally make it to the to the World Series. And, you know, obviously getting what they got, uh, but at, at the same time, it, you know, you know the, the Cubs cannot seem to get out of their own way when it comes to, you know, who they're going to put out there on the on the mound. So it, it is what it is. So, but. Good stuff here today here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We blew by three hours here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. And that being said, of course, this is our Sunday morning tradition. Well, we moved this one to the afternoon. Nine years, guys, going into ten. We'll make it to ten. Everybody have a good one, Cuervo. We'll catch you next time. We'll uh, see you next Sunday, my friend. Sounds good, Sonny. Uh, we'll talk to you then. You take care. Have a good week. Definitely. City. Thanks for joining us. Definitely good to see. And thanks for joining us here. And for those that hung around in for nine years on this crazy show, we'll catch you next week on that being said. The Sunday morning tradition continues next week. We're out of here, everybody. Have a good one. Bye-bye.
Welcome into the couch potato truck. Welcome into the couch potato truck. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Fuck it. 